Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 324, and we got a doozy for you today. We're going to be giving you that FF goo, throwing down that knowledge, uh, and then this show we are calling a week six quick fix, going after week six fantasy matchups for you and your teams so you can throw the... The, the beat down on the, on your opponents across all your leagues and DFS. I have Stag Party and Houdini across the waves. Uh, I'm doing an Uber conference right now. Houdini's in where? DeKalb, Illinois, northern we're home of Northern Illinois Huskies. Dude, bullshit! It's the home of Cindy Crawford. Ah, there you go. The home of Kenny Galladay. Even though he went to North Dakota before going to NIU, but we won't talk about such things. Nice. It's good to know that you guys are gay. I'm throwing out the hottest chick of all time, and you guys are throwing out um, different uh, different gay stuff. Um, so, should we get right into it? Yeah. We got a good matchup right here on Thursday night. We got an interdivision matchup. One of the most huge rivalries in sports Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants. There is some bad blood, and we're going to see some of it. Um, the Eagles are coming off a tough loss at Minnesota. Um, they're both sort of underperforming teams right now. Uh, you've got the Eagles sitting at two and three, and the Giants sitting at one and four. Uh, and it's a game that each team needs a win badly, or else changes are going to need to be made. Um, and, and the Eagles are coming off a bit of a Super Bowl hangover, but they are getting Carson Wentz back, and he is looking healthier and healthier by the week. We did see some of that agility and tackle breaking in the pocket uh, that made him so great last year, Uh, but it it, hasn't quite all come together on the field. And then early this week, we've already got news that Jay Ajayi is going to be out. So let's ask the waiver wire master. Let's talk to Houdini and see what he wants to do there. Well, I think you want to go after Wendell Smallwood right now. you know, Corey Clement will be coming back. Uh, he's going to be in the mix as well. But at the same time, this is also one of those kind of those murky situations because you also got to remember that Darren Sproles will be coming back eventually. So it's not like you're going to be picking up Wendell Smallwood and expecting him to get like uh, workhorse type uh, uh, carries. It's going to be more of a mix. And, you know, he also does more of his damage uh, actually as a wide receiver. Yeah, the issue is the last time these guys were both active in Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood, Clement was the leading snap getter in that game. Uh, You know, Clement coming back from this quadricep injury is going to be a major uh, factor. And if he can come back, uh, you know, this week, it'll be good for them. But if they have to hold him out a week and Smallwood gets, uh, you know, a major majority of the uh, work this week, he's going to be an instant slot into your lineup type of guy. But the issue is when, when everybody's back and healthy, we know this is going to be a bit of a committee uh, and you're going to have to account for that. And it's hard to see one of these guys getting more than maybe 12 to 15 touches in any given week uh, in terms of regular game script. But when it does get out of hand and maybe the Eagles get the lead, Maybe a guy like Smallwood's the guy that uses the late-game hammer in order to bring home a victory. Some of the news that came out today is that the Eagles have reached out to the Buffalo Bills to go and claim what was once there. Chip Kelly traded away Sean McCoy because um, it didn't fit his system or he wasn't a good locker room guy for what he was trying to build. 
they're obviously needing a stud running back. Think that they're a Super Bowl uh, repeat type of team. Uh, do you see that trade happening, Dini? Do you think that thing can go down, or do you think this is just uh, a, a world of uh, fantasy football heads that are trying to make some news? Well, I think there's always fancy football heads trying to make news. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, you know, it, I don't think that McCoy would have a problem coming back to, to Philadelphia, being that Chip Kelly is no longer there. Um, and, and what are the odds of it actually happening? I don't know. I mean, what are they going to have to give up for him? Uh, is Buffalo uh, willing to just turn everything over and, and start over? I mean, honestly, they, they kind of need to because LaShawn McCoy is not going to be the long-term answer at running back for them uh, with Josh Allen. So, you know, if, if they're able to get a good haul, maybe it becomes interesting and maybe it becomes something they think about. But uh, my odds of this actually happening would be about 20%. Yeah, I'm a little bit higher than that because this is a team that's built for the future in the Buffalo Bills, uh, and they need all the draft picks they can get. So whether you're getting a mid-round pick, you know, in the fourth or fifth round, that's still worth getting out from, you know, under LaShawn McCoy, uh, especially when you're not really, you know, sticking to him as a bell cow right now. What kind of value is he bringing to you, uh, you know, getting 12 to 15 looks a game? Uh, as opposed to those 20-25 touches he was getting over the last couple of years there. He's been sort of phased out already, so why not see what you can get, you know, improve your draft capital going forward uh, and potentially help out the Eagles because it doesn't much matter to them. They're not going to be there um, in the NFC playoffs. Yeah, although although he did get a, a heavy workload this week. He had 24 carries this week. Yeah. Well, they basically ran the ball all day long. I mean, Josh Allen only attempted 19 passes in that game, so and they ran the ball 38 times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're mixing them in there with Chris Ivory, and you know they're using a, a lot of different pieces here to make the run game work. But yeah, I, I think there's a good shot, and if it's not him, maybe you know a guy like Carlos Hyde, who looks to be a little bit too perfluous in, in Cleveland. Or, um, you know, then there's been the bigger talks of bigger fish like Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, and nobody really is expecting those deals to go down at this time. But let's uh, bring it back to this game now. Uh, when you look at Johnson, yeah, there's been a little bit of talk about it, but ah, that would be incredible. Um, well, quickly, let's go over to Ebron, uh, or not Ebron, sorry, your guy, uh, Ertz. Obviously, I'm eating a little bit of crow on uh, him right now. Ertz is on pace for 131 receptions and uh, just under 1,400 yards. Um, if he keeps this up, uh, kind of going beast mode uh, all over the place. I think isn't he going to try and be the third wide receiver ever to catch uh, 10 passes and have over 100 uh, yard game in three straight? I think he's done it two in a row and he's going for three. Uh, pretty impressive right there. That includes receivers. He would be the third ever. So Ertz uh, still going to get it done in this game against the Giants? I don't know why you wouldn't think so. I mean, with Carson Wentz back, he's been just the favorite target for him. And you're still, you know, Alshon Jeffrey is is, is getting involved, but him, him coming back actually opens things up more for Zach Ertz. Um, the person that ironically has been hurt the most is a guy that was uh, kind of their star in the beginning is Nelson Aguilar. He's kind of taking a back seat now uh, with Wentz back under center. Yeah, I agree. Usually the way you want to attack the Giants is with your tight ends, you know, get them on those linebackers, uh, you know, and you have favorable matchups. So that's something I could definitely see them doing uh, with Zach Ertz. 
He's sort of the setup piece. He's one of only three players with the streak of, uh, you know, 100-yard games right now when you look at uh, Adam Thielen, DeAndre Hopkins, and Zach Ertz. Uh, but, you know, looking at the other weapons here, I do agree that, you know, Nelson Aguilar is more of a flex play right now. Uh, but you probably can continue to play Alshon Jeffrey. They are targeting him deep down the field. They're giving him jump ball uh, opportunities, and they're giving him looks in the red zone. So those are all three things you want for your wide receivers. Uh, so get Alshon Jeffrey in as a wide receiver two or wide receiver three into your lineup. Cool. Let's move over to the New York Giants side of the ball. Obviously, a lot of OBJ drama happening in that little weird with Lil Wayne video and the post game. Uh, Shermer kind of getting a little bit antsy, but uh, they did lose. Kind of a heartbreaker on that what sixty three yard field goal that would have made it from seventy five. It looked like. I mean, that thing had some distance still. Um, that was uh, that was a tough loss for him. Who knows? He says he says he kind of galvanized the team. Everyone uh, kind of stepped up their game a little bit. Can they keep going on this? Is there a, a crack in the armor? Is, is what are your thoughts for the the, the Giants? Who, you know, I guess start with uh, Saquon. Who what? I think he's got four. One of the first guys ever since Adrian Peterson uh, and Hunt last year to start um, his career with four straight like 130 or 100 yard uh, from scrimmage games. So he's 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 starting out strong. I mean, Saquon's doing everything you want to do uh, as a back. The only thing you're really worried about is you saw in that second TD uh, where he dove into the end zone, you know, jumped into the end zone. It looked like he came down awkwardly. But they, they're saying now it was just a back spasm. It had nothing to do with the knee. Uh, it, it was one of those things when watching it live, it looked like it could have been much worse than it ended up being. So uh, I guess you're happy for that. You're starting Saquon even in this matchup, even though the Eagles are tough against the uh, opposing running backs. Uh, his ability as a you know, receiver just makes him so viable no matter the situation. Um, he's going to continue to do that. Um, and, and now you know, getting a little bit more going with the pass game is only going to help Saquon. But uh, you, know, you look at Odell Beckham, finally got on you know, a hot streak last week. But, you know, even we were talking about, you know, getting his first touchdown, throwing his first touchdown. Uh, he's still, you know, is averaging nearly eight catches a game, um, you know, over 80 yards receiving a game. So everything you wanted from Odell has been there except the touchdown receptions. Those are going to come. Uh, and Eli usually plays pretty well uh, against the Eagles. And he's aiming for his fourth in a row with 350 passing yards against this team. Yeah, and, and now the other thing, too, this week, uh, I believe Evan Ingram should be coming back, um, which is going to be interesting. So uh, how that affects Odell, is he going to get you know the 14 targets that he saw last week? Um, you know, probably not necessarily. So, uh, but probably the, the, the player that probably ends up taking the bigger hit will be Sterling Shepard, who really kind of stepped up without Evan Ingram. Uh, so, uh, but I would say that Evan Ingram is probably a pretty good start this week as well once he's back. Yeah, Evan Ingram, they did say two to four weeks on his timeline. So right now it's just at that two week mark. Maybe it's a little bit early for him to be back, but in the next couple weeks, expect uh, definitely expect him back in the lineup. And if he does go here, I, I don't see a reason not to start him with sort of how the tight end position looks, uh, and especially in the back end, tight end one range. 
uh, it, it'll, it'll be hard if you drafted him to go with somebody else should he be back. Yeah, and, and he was a full go in practice today. Yeah. Cool. Well, before we get to the next game, which is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons, I'm going to talk about a little sponsorship we have going here. Uh, want, a, want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, look no further and download Squad QL. The only mobile app you'll need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. You may ask, how does Squad QL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, and your league scoring system. Squad QL provides waiver wire and trade recommendation. Plus, the app gives you player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL, I've said that word a lot over the last 40 seconds, is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. So check that guy, check that out guys. Um, cool little system and uh, it goes based on everything that you have in your particular league. All right. Uh, Stag party. I'll let you, or actually Dean, um, I'll let you kind of start off with the Tampa Bay side of this game. They're going down to Mercedes, Mercedes Benz stadium Pretty much the coolest stadium in the league right now. Um, Jameis Winston, obviously back, uh, got the start last week and, 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 and did all right, I guess. Um, and now he's going to get his second go at it. Uh, can he pull it together? Anything happening with these running backs? And then uh, I know you've got a couple wide receivers from this team as well. Yeah, you know, when I look at this matchup, okay, so the Buccaneers are coming off of the bye, so that's been good. They, they Winston was uh, uh, came in to replace Fitzpatrick against the Bears, uh, had some ups and downs in that game. Uh, but at the same time, now that he's fully installed back in, you got to love playing pretty much almost every player in this game. I mean, between these two teams, they average giving up uh, combined a total of 843 yards per game. So that's a lot of yards to be able to be had out there i i don't really feel comfortable at all with the rushing attack uh that the Tampa bay buccaneers have so that means to me that we're going to probably see Jameis winston doing what brian fitzpatrick was doing which is going to be airing it out a lot look for mike evans to be heavily targeted look for deshaun jackson to get his shots it'll be interesting to see because that was the big problem last year is that uh, deshaun jackson and Jameis winston just weren't able to be on the same page obviously uh, deshaun jackson was on the same page with ryan fitzpatrick so it'll be interesting to see if, if uh Jameis is able to pick that up and continue it. Um, as far as the some of the other guys that are that are out there, like Chris Godwin, this is a game that you can maybe even think about him as a flex if you're if you're in a tough situation. Maybe you lost uh, Michael Thomas for the week on the bye. Uh, oh yeah, we didn't mention the bye weeks, right? Uh, it's yeah, the Lion, Lion and the Saints. Yep, Lions and Saints. So, yeah, I, I'm 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 all over this matchup. This is one of those ones. Does this got to have uh, one of the highest uh, point uh, totals uh, for the over under? I would imagine uh, on the week. So, uh, got to feel good about this. Yeah, I, you know, going along with what Houdini said, we hope you pick up Jameis Winston uh, last week, maybe uh, during that sort of bye week zone that you had, because now uh, he comes into this offense with a week of rest, week of practice. Uh, and, and, you know, this is a great matchup for him. The Falcons have lost 
uh, players all along their defensive you know line, uh, linebacking core and safety core. So this is a great matchup for pretty much everybody, as you mentioned. Um, you know, Mike Evans, uh, you know, over his last seven games versus Atlanta has 640 yards, 42 catches, and six touchdowns. Uh, so you're definitely looking to get Evans into your lineup, you know, agree on that Deshaun Jackson thing. We've got to remember that we haven't really seen a big sample size of, you know, Jameis Winston working with this play caller uh, in Todd Mokin because he's been going deep down the field more often than any other, you know, coordinator in the league with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. If that continues with Jameis Winston and his deep ball accuracy, you know, is improved, uh, it could be good things going forward, uh, especially when you get a lot of matchups against the division, you know, down the stretch. Uh, it, when this is a division that doesn't really play any defense right now. So, you know, along those lines, I do agree about Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin, but the one guy that needs mentioning here is Cameron Brait because you're going to be without uh, O.J. Howard, and that opens up a, a major void for Brait to play nearly 100% of the snaps, uh, be on the field at all times, and we know how good he is in the red zone. Uh, he's already got two straight games with a touchdown. So, you know, this is a great opportunity against the Falcons whose system does allow some receptions to the tight end position, to the running back position for a camera break to potentially find the end zone. So if you're desperate for a tight end, that's a guy that needs to be, you know, picked up and owned. For sure. How long is um, OJ uh, supposed to be out for? I know they're going to sit him this week, but is this like a week to week thing or is this more of a, he's on the shelf for a few? Well, at the time of the injury, it was another, you know, three to four week type of deal. So uh, that's right. Uh, but, he did. He did get a buy in there. So there's one this week's too. So you know, maybe you're without him for another game or two. I'm interested to see uh, as Houdini uh, kind of brought it up. Like if Deshaun Jackson can get it going with Winston, Deshaun's off to a hot start. He's a 14th ranked um, wide receiver right now in points on the season. Basically tied right there with Galladay, and he's ahead of Evans. Is on his own team uh, ahead of Lockett, guys that are having Julio Jones, Schuster, you know, guys that are having good seasons as well, uh, which is amazing that he's the 14th because they, he's doing it on such little volume. He's only got 22 targets on the season, which that it, it actually equates to like the 61st uh, wide receiver and targets. But yet, with so little opportunity, he's still getting it done in the 14th. So um, if he can keep this going on with, uh, with, with Winston, it could be one of those uh, renaissance seasons that Deshaun Jackson um, you know, kind of hasn't had in the last couple few years. He used to be basically every other year he would be a top five, top ten uh, fantasy guy. But he's getting up there in age. So excited to see. Hopefully, I'm hoping that Winston can kind of turn this thing around. And uh, they got a lot of weapons. They obviously got to figure out a way where Ronald Jones, uh, the second or third, whatever the hell delineation he is, uh, he's got to start getting going. And I think he's a guy that if you got deep benches or you've got some issues at running back for various reasons, um, he's a guy that's going to start getting a bigger load, a bigger workload. And, you know, if he can start producing, uh, it, it can't be much worse than what uh, Peyton Barber has been showing us. Uh, quiz is nothing more than a, um, you know, tertiary guy uh, in, 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 in specific settings. So uh, Jones was a, what, a second round pick or whatever, been kind of a, a, 
a bad story and bad vibes following him throughout camp and through the season. He's just having a hard time grasping it. But at a certain point, he's going to – hopefully he's learned it by now and knows the plays, knows the book, and he's going to get some opportunities. So uh, it might be a guy that could be a, a second half of the season kind of gem uh, for you. And we've, we've seen that happen many times with some of these rookies that come out of uh, – that are drafted high and come out of nowhere. So let's um, – Let's move on to the Atlanta side of the ball. Uh, Falcons, Ryan getting it done. Uh, where does he sit? I'll let you kind of, uh, Houdini, if you want to drop in and talk about these guys uh, for a bit, and I'll, I'll put some points in and stags, whatever you want to throw down on the Falcons. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Falcons are coming off of a, a rough week uh, where they kind of got trounced by the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt Ryan uh, held under 300 yards, only threw for one touchdown. Uh, the the leading receiver on their team was Austin Hooper. So, <laughs> you know, go figure. Um, so you, you got to look for, for this to be kind of a, a right the ship type of a week. You know, you're going against a horrible defense. Uh, you're going to be able to throw the ball all over the field. Uh, Julio Jones is a fantastic start as always. Calvin Ridley becomes a major great start in this one as well. Uh, Devonta Freeman, uh, he's been, you know, in his last five games against Tampa Bay, he has uh, 573 scrimmage yards uh, and a rushing touchdown um, and uh, has 100 plus uh, scrimmage yards in four of his last five meetings. So, you know, Tevin Coleman is the guy that that uh, I think at this point in time now starts to really just fade away. Um, and we, we saw, kind of saw that uh, last week they were basically sharing the workload. And I expect Freeman to take a, a more of the lion's share this week. Yeah, it, it all really comes down to how healthy is Devonta Freeman. Because, you know, the eight to ten touches he's been getting in his two healthy games, you know, healthy in quotation marks uh, so far this season just is not enough volume to get it done. Uh, no matter how efficient he is. So that's my overall worry because right now it looks like this passing game is humming. Um, and against Tampa Bay, you definitely have open you know spots uh, in the passing game. So that's a, a way I think they're going to exploit. And that makes you know Julio wide receiver one, uh, Calvin Ridley a wide receiver two, and Mohamed Sanu a wide receiver three or a flex play for you this week. Um, Mohamed Snu has been coming on strong with a touchdown or a hundred yard, uh, in his last, uh, couple games. Uh, so, so if all those guys are combining, uh, you know, it becomes one of these powerhouse offenses. They just need to get a little bit more from the running back position. Um, but the problem is, you know, a, a couple short yardage scores over the last two weeks have been taken by Edo Smith which is, you know, taking away some of the viability and scoring opportunities from from these guys that were highly drafted, particularly Devonta Freeman. But so it's really going to come down to his health. But but if we hear he's full go, I mean, it's hard not to start him in such a pristine matchup uh, at home favored with a with a nice little total. Nice. Uh, Julio Jones, I predict he's going to have six touchdowns in this game and become the leader uh, for wide receivers um, in touchdowns. Or actually, he'll, he'll be tied. He'll be with tied Calvin with, with Calvin Ridley. Oh, God, if that could ever happen to Julio. It's crazy. Um, but as you see, uh, like I said, Julio's definitely start. It looks like based on that game, as you mentioned, Houdini, yeah, uh, as Staggs has said for the last uh, two weeks in a row, the tight end's a weird position this year. 
Um, you know, the cream of the crop for that, you know, literally drafted at the top is, is, is coming alive. And, uh, there's some lower, uh, guys that are, that are showing up like Ebron and whatnot, but, uh, Hooper, it might be a, a guy that you, going forward, uh, is going to carve himself out a role so far. I mean, right now through the season, uh, Hooper is sitting as the, uh, 13th tight end, um, which isn't great. So let's move on to, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty great, especially when they're taking on a team that's giving up 13.4 fantasy points a game to opposing tight ends with Trey Burton walk all over them deep down the field. Uh, so, yeah, I could definitely see playing Hooper here as well. Cool. Let's move on to Carolina Panthers. We'll be visiting uh, the Washington Redskins. Um, this game is uh, – Sorry, I got a little sidetracked. Um, so Cam Newton getting it going, doing it. Christian McCaffrey, I think he leads everyone in the NFL in uh, yards from scrimmage, and that that includes Kamara. Uh, that guy every week is getting it done on the ground or through the air or both. Uh, dynamic, dynamic player. Uh, what do you see in this matchup? Um, you know, after we saw the Redskins kind of get uh, run over by the, uh, the Saints last night. Uh, is, is Carolina built in a way that, that they can do the same? And uh, is that awesome that seeing that Curtis Samuel came back and had a nice touchdown, uh, he had surgery in the preseason. Uh, do you expect things from him going forward? That part. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this is a very run centric team right now. Uh, so it's really coming down to Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey on most weeks. Um, Devin Funches is sort of a wide receiver three. Uh, he's demanding over 20% of the targets, uh, you know, getting a good amount of touchdown opportunities. So I do think that's going to be something uh, that continues. But Christian McCaffrey's on pace for over 2,000 yards from scrimmage this season. The only thing that's really not breaking his way is, you know, touchdowns. Um, they're, they're using t- Cam as their main uh, touchdown scorer so far this season. He's already at three uh, on the ground. So that's something I expect to, you know, even out a little bit here. But, um, you know, the other pieces, Curtis Samuel, he's got to play more snaps. He did have his first career touchdown grab, uh, and it was a great play. But, you know, the snaps have to come first. Uh, And that comes from guys like, you know, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, because they're playing behind Jarius Wright and Torrey Smith. uh, And, you know, they're just not on the field enough right now, unfortunately. Um, you know, Greg Olson could be back this week, maybe next week. Um, and that'll, you know, thin things out for these wide receivers even more because it is very, very heavy in terms of the run game yet again for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Although I, I will tell you like, uh, one of the guys that I like is a, uh, an early waiver wire grab before he ends up busting out and having a, his first huge game is DJ Moore. You know, they invested highly in this, and this kid is a, a come in here and, and to really kind of lock down and really help out their wide receiving game. So, you know, I just look for his development. And, and after the uh, they were on the bye before, but the week before he had uh, only one catch. Uh, it was a 51-yarder. Uh, but this this week he was targeted four times, called all four of them for 49 yards. I, I just like the way if I had to choose between him and Samuel, I'm, I'm going DJ Moore uh, for who's going to be potentially a lot more viable for your fantasy team in about two to three, maybe four weeks. Cool. Let's head over to the Redskins side of the ball. I mean, if you're on Twitter, 
just people pouncing and for good reason. Um, Alex Smith and his ability to get his players hurt last night and just kind of a downright looking like he was lost on a lot of plays. Just some terrible execution by him. Uh, guys like uh, Warren Sharp, uh, Taryn and the new one. I saw, there was a great piece that I posted on our uh, Twitter handle uh, by Deadspin that just broke down every bad play that he made, and they're hilarious and just ripping on him. Like, again, like, yeah, here's a here's a hospital visit uh, toss to uh, to ruin Chris Thompson's season. Just friggin' hilarious. So he looks looked awful. Uh, can he rebound? Is this a, a matchup? Uh, Houdini, uh, do you do you like? An Alex Smith in this game? Um, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I look at this as um, I, I think it'll be again a more of a, a, a game control type of a game for him. I, I don't see uh, the potential for as many of the deep shots. Um, you know, Alex Smith is 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 owning his checkdown Charlie reputation. You know, so uh, he's only averaging. Uh, uh, you know, he's, he's not throwing the, the 350 yards or three, you know, and it's, it's, I look at his stats last week. So, I mean, it was horrible 20 uh, from yesterday, 23 of 39. So they threw the ball a lot, uh, but only 275 yards. So, you know, when you, when you're looking for what's like the long pass that he had one long pass of 42 yards and then everything else was kind of more uh, into the shorter range. So no, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I granted they're at home and I, and I think that, that, makes a difference um but at the same time i i just i know i'm not buying it do you think uh stag party um heading over to jordan reed and some of these receivers you know it's, it's been it's been a barren landmine especially for jordan reed you know everyone's like oh jordan reed's healthy he's great looks like that was the case when he had kirk cousins and and now you're seeing Thielen and and, and mostly Diggs as well uh, be the beneficiary of that that cousins, um, you know, locking in on them and being able to just kind of fuck it and chuck it and hit, fit it in those windows. Are you worried long term for Jordan Reed, uh, big time? Is this going to is he just basically maybe done? Uh, injuries and age have caught up to him. Or in this matchup, could it be a good one um, in general? And is there anyone that you like, Jameson Crowder, uh, you know, Paul Richardson? Do you have any? expectations for them uh, in this matchup against Panthers? I mean, I don't really have any expectations for this team because it all comes down to the play, uh, you know, of Alex Smith. And it, it was sort of surprising that they came out that flat against the Saints and uh, a team that had their offense struggling and you had a bye week and you had an extra day off of that bye week playing on Monday night. Uh, so it was just real surprising how flat they came out. Um now Alex Smith's going to have to rebound uh, and, you know, potentially, you know, maybe missing his top two backs or Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson going to be back out there because, you know, Chris Thompson's their leading receiver and Adrian Peterson's their leading rusher on the season. So this is sort of, you know, a, a thing that they need to happen. They need to get these guys back and active uh, hopefully for this week because it adds a lot to their game. When it comes to Jordan Reed, uh, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned, but I still think you have to roll them out there against the Panthers, even though they're tough uh, against opposing tight ends typically, especially when they get Thomas Davis back uh, added to the linebacking core from the PED suspension. 
So, you know, it, it is a, a bit worrisome. And, and the main worry is, does Alex Smith not target Jordan Reed because he's not getting huge separation? Because we know that Jordan Reed, uh, we know that Alex Smith doesn't like to throw into these super tight windows. That's just not something he likes to do. Yeah. Uh, he likes to see his guys open and target them, uh, you know, when they have a lot of space. And based on some of the videos I was talking about a couple minutes ago, he likes to wait till they're wide open, look up, stare them down to the point where they're not open anymore, and then throw it. Um, <laughs> uh, go to the Carolina Panthers uh, for Jordan Reed or Vernon Davis, but uh, Reed at this point. Um, the Panthers have the seventh best uh, defense in allowing points uh, to the four specialty positions at 72 points total, uh, but they are 26th out of that at tight end. So if there is one little spot where they're not, uh, you know, kind of a top uh, top 10, it looks like, eh, not really. Maybe it's not all top, but a higher end um, defense across the, the board, it is the tight end position. Uh, Adrian Peterson dislocated his shoulder in last night's game, and then before that kind of looked like he hyperextended his knee. Uh, probably another tackle where the guy can't go high because he doesn't want to get a flag or hurt, get a concussion for somebody. But yet, again, I think you've heard a lot of players say it. Larry Fitzgerald said it three weeks ago. Um, I'd rather get hit up above my waist and in the head and deal with that than have somebody going down at my knee, my midway, my thigh, my ankles. It just, I get it long term uh, with the concussions is awful, but. You're gonna. You're more likely to get a lower body injury uh, if you're trying to not hit a player up top and go lower. We saw that again. Terrible throw by Alex Smith, but that Adrian Peterson, that was that looked pretty gruesome. That tackle didn't look like it. It, it felt good at all. Is Chris Thompson playing in this game? Uh, it's a major question mark. I mean, uh, we're gonna have to watch the practice reports and everything because. You know, an ankle injury for him is not not the best thing coming off a you know broken leg last year. Thanks. Um, all right, keep an eye on that one. Before we go to the next game, do us a favor and listen to a word from some of our sponsors. All right, the Seahawks and the Raiders, and they are in London. Um, so I think. I think this was uh, this is actually one of those great London games that is played in the evening over there, so you don't have to wake up at eight thirty to see it. Uh, I think, what's that? So thank God you also don't have to worry about getting up in the morning and to check and see if there's somebody injured and get them out of your lineup. Yeah, it's so it, it, the NFL finally realized like um, let's just have the games in the late afternoon, evening, or whatever the fuck time it is over there. Um, and just so that we don't have to have these people get up and ruin fantasy lineups. I think that's exactly what Goodall was worried about. Well, um, you know what, though, too, especially with this matchup, imagine if you had to be an early start and these are two teams that are on the West Coast. <laughs> uh, true. Isn't the next game, isn't the next uh, one in, in London uh, pretty awesome? Isn't it like, the, it, it's, is it the two time? I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs against the Rams or something. I thought that was in Mexico. That's in Mexico City. Mexico. Okay, but that's okay. But it's some. Uh, that's a sick game. Mexico's pumped. Yeah, you should be. Uh, you know, looking at the Seahawks, uh, they played a real tough game last week uh, uh, against the Rams. You know, pushing them to the wire. 
Um, you know, making them go for it on fourth down late in the game in order to try and seal a victory. They did that. Uh, you know, the the run games, you know, gotten them going a little bit. They they've gotten Chris Carson back and healthy, uh, and he's looked effective. And then you know they're mixing in Mike Davis as a secondary back. Uh, you know, he's got three touchdowns over the last two weeks. Um, you know, Carson's got 116. Um, yards last week. He had a hundred yard game previous to that. So he's, you know, one of the guys streaking in hundred yard games and he's averaging, you know, a robust 4.6 yards per carry. And that seems to be working, although it's not making their offense, you know, really any better. Uh, like, like they like to keep saying, but you know, they did mix in a lot of play action last week and that helped. Uh, they ran, you know, a ton of play action, and it really opened up some holes for Tyler Lockett. Uh, and that's something I can continue seeing. And, you know, Lockett's been playing great this season. Uh, it's nice to see after they rewarded him with a big contract that he's playing well. Doug Baldwin's, you know, playing hurt, gutting it out. Um, you know, in this game, it's a little bit better matchup for him. I do like, you know, his potential. Uh, to have a nice rebound game here. And I do think people are going to be a little bit scared off of them. Uh, we did see the emergence of, you know, David Moore, who you know basically stepped into the role that Brandon Marshall was playing um, and, and caught two touchdown passes. So, you know, that's something good for him. And, and then, you know, Vanette's doing five for 50 or some shit. <laughs> yeah. The- the thing that I have a problem with is here is I'm, I'm a Russell Wilson owner, and it's just been so frustrating. You know, you know, he throws three touchdowns this last week, but he only throws for 198 yards. And on top of that, he didn't give you any rushing yards. So, but when I look at the matchup, I really uh, feel a lot better about starting Russell Wilson this week just because the Raiders don't really have any type of a, of a pass rush. And that's been the one thing that has been so scary uh, for Russell Wilson. You know, and uh, last week he was only sacked twice, amazingly, uh, by the uh, by, the Rams defense. So I think it should be another one of those where, where Russell can, can get a little bit more comfortability in the pocket. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, he can, you know, generate more passing offense. But, again, they only threw the ball 21 times last week, and they ran the ball, uh, what was it, 32 times. So I got to imagine that that's going to kind of flip the script a little bit this week. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think that they're going to have to – uh, be running the ball as much, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how how this game actually unfolds. Because you know Derek Carr has been throwing the ball all over the place too, but we also saw uh, you know uh, Marshawn Lynch start to show a little bit. And you know if this becomes a a run run game, uh, it could be a a quick uh, time of possession where it's like you know we're through the uh, a quarter in like thirty minutes type of a game. Yeah, uh, I do agree with you there. Um, the the thing with Russell Wilson is. He's got, you know, a hip injury that's been on the uh, injury report the last couple weeks. So it doesn't look like they really want to be running him all that often. Uh, And that's one thing that gives, you know, his fantasy viability a major boost. Without that, uh, you know, he becomes a much more average fantasy quarterback. Before we go over to the Raiders' side of the ball, I need a Valverde. All right, the Raiders uh, going back to um, going back uh, to to what they're up to. Uh, Derek Carr uh, just 
all over the place this season. Um, Lynch kind of is getting a ton of uh, ton of action. Um, Amari Cooper is good one week and the worst in the league the next. What do you have? One target last week. Um, one target. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just brutal. It's just brutal with him. And in all honesty, just with the mentality of the temperament, maybe more so with John Gruden, um, he's kind of already on a somewhat regular basis. Uh, testing car, almost throwing him under a bus uh, media-wise. Um, and I, I wonder if this is something that it's going great now. I know Carr likes probably the tutelage and the, the tough uh, the tough love stuff. But uh, let's be honest, Derek Carr is a $100 million quarterback. And he, it, it, this can't age well, can it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not much good you could say that's coming out of Oakland right now. Uh, maybe it'll all change for the better when they're in Las Vegas. Uh, but right now, you know, you're not getting what you want to see. Uh, you know, you it looked like you wanted to have, uh, you know, a lot of success for Derek Carr. You set him up with, with the number of weapons. You bring Jordy Nelson over. You know, Jared Cook's you know been playing out of his mind so far this season. Amari Cooper's you know, potentially a young number one wide receiver. Uh, you add Martavis Bryant in a trade, and you just it looks like you give him all the weapons you can, and you hire this offensive guru or whatever they say about John Gruden. Um, so they, they set him up for success, and, you know, he's still struggling with things, and the things he's struggling with are, you know, keeping cool under pressure, and when there's any sort of pressure in his face, it's tough, and this offensive line isn't nearly as good as it was a couple of years ago. Uh, you know when he had his best season. So that that's my main concerns: is can they keep him upright uh, against the Seahawks? Because when there's pressure in his face, he's likely to lose it. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to to, to see if, if uh, you know what the effect is of uh, not having Earl Thomas out there on the defense. If they're going to take try to take shots. Uh, 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 down the field in the middle of, of the field. So, um, I mean, I would feel comfortable starting Jared Cook in this game. Uh, um, Amari Cooper, I, and I'm a Amari Cooper owner too. It's like I just go, you go back and forth. It's just, it's so frustrating. You have to pick the right week or you just have to just grin and bear it. And uh, he was I, awful I, last week. So maybe, uh, maybe based on the two thousand, this is the week. <laughs> yeah. He's going to blow up. This is, uh, you guys, you guys use your data and analytics and uh, all your stuff. I'm just going to use uh, use FF. Uh, and Let's use this. Let's yeah. use the fact that he's an every other week player. In week one, he had one catch for nine yards, then followed that up with 10 for 116, then followed that up with two for 17, then eight for 128, and then the one for 10. So he's due. He's due. It's on. Um, cool. Anything else you guys want to throw down uh, with the Raiders? Um, no, I think we mentioned just about all of it. Cool. Uh, is there anything going on besides Marshawn Lynch? Is there a running back that anyone should be keeping their eye on? Obviously, it's not Doug Martin. He's been a, a disappointment. But is there anyone there uh, that's, that's doing it? Jalen Richard? Is there just yeah. Jalen Richard's basically their pass catching back. So when they get down late in games, he's going to be playing a ton of snaps um, and get targeted. Besides that, no. Um, you know, their 
sort of preseason sensation in Chris Warren, and he ended up on IR for him. So there's no real long-term stash that looks like a potential workhorse or anything along those lines. Yeah, the Derek Carr uh, inside the 10-yard line, I think it was the second one he's done this season, interception, um, was was worse than any play that I saw um, Alex Smith do last night. It was just like, what the – that was one of the worst throws I've ever seen. Um, But on the flip side, when you're thinking about earlier, we were talking about the Seattle Seahawks, the fact that they were able to keep up with the Los Angeles Rams – in that shootout, after what they were doing offensively uh, at the start, their first four games, um, it's promising a little bit for uh, offensive and fantasy points and yards and touchdowns and, and the like um, from the Seahawks because they were heading towards, without that game, they were heading towards a cinema. Even though Carson has had some nice games. Um, okay, so let's go to... Indianapolis Colts against the Jets. I think this will be a pretty sweet game, to be honest. Um, let's start with the Colts. Andrew Luck is is, is pretty much uh, having a nice season. Uh, it seems like he's going uh, over 300 yards. Last week he was over 303 TDs, uh, and that was without T.Y. Helton. Um, Hines is obviously the guy there. Who knows when Mac's coming back, um, but Hines is, is getting – the snap rate out the wazoo over the rest of the guys, even with Turbin coming back last week. Um, he's just definitely the guy that they feel most comfortable with at the current moment out of the backfield. Is Helton coming back this week? Um, Stags, I'll let you kind of uh, talk about this uh, and then run with any anyone else and Houdini pop in as you feel fit. Yeah, so T.Y. Hilton couldn't be back this week. He's going to be one of those situations where you just have to follow the injury report. Uh I'm not a doctor. I don't have any good, you know, great insight for you there. Um, but talk, talking about the rest of this team, Andrew Luck, this is sort of just to spread you out and pass the ball offense, use the pass game as an extension of your run game. And Naheem Hines is the guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. So when they're going spread you out throw mode, he's definitely the preferred target. Uh, when they need to get a yard or something like that, maybe it's Jordan Wilkins, but right now he's not a guy you can count on, and he hasn't added enough a- as a pass catcher to be really viable. But, you know, Eric Ebron's been the real standout breakout uh, player for this team, and he caught nine passes for 105 yards and two TDs last week. Uh, so I look for him to be, you know, highly integrated, especially if Jack Doyle's out. But I think with the way tight end is, you've got to keep rolling out Eric Ebron until somebody proves you differently. Um, T.Y. Hilton, if he's back and in the lineup, uh, the last time these two teams met up, he had 146 yards on nine catches. Um, and, you know, he's one of these guys who can get behind the defense and their corners are a little bit banged up in, in Tremaine Johnson and Buster Screen. So that's going to give, you know, T.Y. Hilton a little bit more room to work. So uh, I think you're starting Ebron uh, in PPR. You're starting Hines. I think you could do uh, a little better in standard leagues. Uh, but then, you know, the rest of the guys are off on the ether unless T.Y. Hilton's playing. Yeah, the one thing, though, too, you got you, you know, Andrew Luck, um, I, I, I think you got to feel comfortable starting him right now. Over the last two weeks, he's thrown for, what, uh, 800 and uh, and. 20-something yards, uh, and seven touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, he's attempted 121 passes 
over the last two weeks. Uh, he's got three weeks on the season with more than 50 attempts. So, you know, they're, they don't have the running game, and so they are su- uh, supplementing it with that short passing game. And, you know, the other thing that's been benefiting uh, uh, Andrew Luck which was a case in point last week is that they were playing from behind and he got all those garbage yards at the end. Um, I got a feeling that this game is going to be a bit closer, but at the same time, they're still going to need him to, uh, to be the guy throwing the ball at least 45, 50 times in this game. Can I ask you guys a question? So I've got in, in my big money league and sorry, but this, maybe someone else has a predicament like mine in my big money league. I got Mahomes as my quarterback. Um, I do not have a backup which is fine. That's not the point of the question. But I, there's a there's a, uh, a team that's got Brady, uh, Luck, and he's also got another stud. He drafted like three QBs in the first 12 rounds. Um, would you trade Mahomes? And I forget who. Oh, would you trade Mahomes for Brady? For Let's say for Luck and A.J. Green and then just kind of just like give up on Mahomes, not give up, but – Trade Mahomes high to grab one of my favorite wide receivers and his and the replacement quarterback. Would you do that? How I don't think he'll let me get Brady, but I think he would let me get Luck because he's his third. I think he's literally his third quarterback. Um, he is his third quarterback. Would you guys do that, or would you ride and think that Mahomes still has a chance to get forty-eight, you know, forty-five plus touchdowns and have one of those record seasons? How many? Uh... Quarterbacks, do you start? One. Immediately make the trade. Yeah. Well, it's not. It has, it's something that I'm not. He made me an offer last week for Luck uh, and some other guy. He was trying to get my Bears defense. And I just looked and I'm like, you know what? The Bears defense are just killing it. They're putting up like 19 points a game for my for me. It just wasn't worth it. So, all right. I agree. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to trade Mahomes this week for a solid quarterback. And a good running, hopefully a good wide receiver because I need that more, but or a good running back. Diversify my portfolio. Um, quickly, sorry to talk about my teams, but I did make that trade last week, Stags. I traded uh, Hunt, uh, Kareem Hunt, for uh, Freeman and Devontae Adams. A two-for-one. After one week, 29.5 points for Noonan and 16.5 for the Hunt guy. So, Holifer, and I won this week, uh, and I would have lost if I didn't make that trade. Um, I will tell you, it's exciting to trade, dude. It makes fantasy football so much more fun. And I know, Houdini, you're in leagues that are crazy with trades, and, like, you have people that are so engaged in, in, in your leagues and crazy rules, and sometimes you just got to fold them and, and live for the future. But, man, I, I just think in general – in a lot of leagues and most leagues out there and stags, I'd like to hear what your leagues are like, if they're trade heavy or not. But um, if you can cultivate a, a, a trend or a, 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 a group of your people in the, in the leagues to start trading and have fun and make cool trades, good trades, you know, like guy, a couple guys that are awesome for a couple guys that are pretty awesome. And whoever wins at the end of the season, best of luck to him. But um, do you, ha- are you in leagues like that? Cause it just makes it so much more fun. Like, uh, a lot of my leagues aren't big trading leagues, so to do it, well, you know, trade and feel good about it, I, I, I loved it. It's just exciting. I'm always out there trying to make uh, trades happen. It's uh, it depends on the day. I'm always interested in two for ones and making my team better. And teams don't always want to go for giving up a pretty good player for depth. 
even when they're out of it. And, you know, they don't have a guy who they're starting at their flex uh, on a given week. They'd rather just have that known guy at wide receiver. And I've always been that guy. And then I'll let Houdini jump in. You know, I like to have as many top tier guys as possible, but man, yeah, it, it, it felt, it felt like the right thing to do. And I think Freeman will come around. I agree with Houdini. You're going to start seeing Tevin Coleman kind of go off in the ether a little bit. Um, again, if that's if that's if Freeman is is fully healthy and ready to go, but Dini, what what about? I know some of your crazy leagues you guys trade a lot, but are most of the leagues you're in kind of open to trading a lot, and things are always moving around, or not at all? Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, so there's always a lot of trading in my dynasty leagues where we have the rookie draft picks. So you can use those as as incentive in order to get someone who's bailing on the year to build for next year. Um, in my my uh, my main my one redraft league, uh, it's always di- more difficult to make the early uh, season trades because <laughs> everybody just wants to really kind of dig in at least through the first five six weeks. But then uh, when we get to about two more weeks from now, I will see a lot of activity. Nice. All right, let's go over to the jet side of the ball after a slow start. Um, after after a great first game, Darnold kind of went into cruise control. Did not look uh, great over the previous few games. Um, comes back, started slow in the game uh, against Denver on Sunday. Started real slow. I was like, Jesus, this guy just can't. And then all of a sudden went on a, a three-touchdown explosion um, and restores everyone's faith. Uh, Stag part, if you want to kind of drop in on this, uh, Sam Darnold, obviously we saw a lot of great things from their running back uh, situation, high yards, low volume, and both uh, Crowell and Powell getting it done. Uh, give us a little thought and drop some knowledge on our domes for what you think and can foresee the Jets doing against the Colts in this matchup. I, you know, the Colts haven't been an absolute walkover on defense like we may have thought they were early in the season. Uh, they've been pretty good, uh, you know, average, you know, at best, but not the absolute worst. Um but I look for Isaiah Crowell and you know Bilal Powell to continue to split work, uh, continue to both be involved. And I, I do think Crowell uh, is going to have some big plays. But you know when he's not having big plays, you've got to be okay if he comes in with a 15 for 60 and maybe doesn't score for you and doesn't do a lot in the passing game because that's you know definitely in his range of outcomes. Um, and and then. You know, Robbie Anderson was sort of the igniter last week. He went deep, uh, you know, often caught, you know, two touchdown passes on, you know, very good throws from Sam Darnold. But, you know, if they're going to continue to keep pushing the ball down the field like that, or at least calling these design shot plays, Robbie Anderson's going to be, you know, a guy who keeps ascending. Uh, Especially as a guy like Quincy Inunua is maybe falling back a little bit because, they're moving Anunwa out from the slot in favor of Jermaine Curse on some of these plays. Um, and, and he's when asked to play the outside, he's just, you know, not as good and not a, as dominant as he is playing the inside. So, you know, when they're continuing to push him out, that's something I could see. So right now, I, I think I'm flopping back and I'm going back to playing Robbie over, you know, Quincy Anunwa. And if Robbie Anderson was a guy who ended up on your waiver wire, I, I think he's a guy you got to look out for as the season progresses and as Darnold gets more comfortable. Yeah, not only that, I mean, think about it this way. 
And I'm, a, I'm an owner of both uh, in the same league, both the Nunua and Robbie Anderson, of all things. Um, uh, uh, but if I'm looking at both of those two receivers and I'm looking at, well, what makes more sense for me to start on a weekly basis? Uh, I'd rather take the the shots with Robbie Anderson because the highs are so much higher. And, you know, uh, with the way that uh, uh, Sam Darnold has, uh, has, has been playing, I mean, there you look at the, the amount of passing attempts. I mean, he's only had one game where he's attempted more than 40 pass attempts. Um, so only 56 pass attempts in the, in the past two weeks. So that to me limits the, the potential opportunities, but I'll take my shot with the guy who's getting the deep shots down the field. And, you know, if they're able to, to do, to, to, to connect on that. And, and Robbie has proven in his career that that's something he's very good at. Yeah. Cool. Do we uh, want to move on from this one? Sure. Sure. Uh, sweet. Sorry. I was, I'm actually, I, I hate when I do this. The one backfire about uh, being on, on these calls is I was literally looking and, and making a trade real time while you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's like the other day I had a hope. Hope I actually know one of the clients does actually listen to the show every once in a while, but I was in a meeting with a client, uh, a couple Thursdays ago, they were t- my two people in the meeting on my company were on the other side of the table and I was on the other one. And I created during the whole meeting, I was like shaking my head and gave my two cents on a couple things. I started an OKCupid account. And, <laughs> <laughs> and since then, I've realized OKCupid sucks and I'm already <laughs> off it. So let's go on to the Arizona Cardinals at the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, the Vikings are looking like a team that's much better than their record. Cardinals finally get their first victory. Uh, Josh Rosen uh, ready to, um, you know, got, got his first victory on his belt. So what do you think here? Let's start with David Johnson. He's obviously been a big disappointment uh, through the first few games. Looks like they're tr- making a concerted effort to give him more opportunities. Uh, Houdini or Stag Party, whichever one of you guys wants to dive in on, on the Cardinals side of the ball. and Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll jump in here. So David Johnson has been <laughs> just kind of depressing to, to own, but if you look at the bright side, he is scoring you touchdowns. <laughs> okay. So he got two touchdowns last week. He, he had, uh, 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 a touchdown uh, the week before he had a receiving touchdown the week before that. And only in week two is the only week he didn't score a touchdown, but he needs to get the yards, you know, where are the long runs? It's just, they're not happening. So, um, you know, and the other problem is that unfortunately right now teams are doing everything they can to stop David Johnson and they're forcing uh, Josh Rosen to be the one to beat him. And yeah, they got their win last week, but I mean, Josh Rosen really wasn't all that phenomenal, uh, only completing, uh, what was it, 10 to 25 passes for 170 yards and a score. Uh, and and that was a huge uh, score for, uh, for Christian Kirk, you know, and, you know, you look at Kirk as maybe the one guy on this team that maybe has the potential to, to crack uh, some lineups in, in about maybe three, four weeks because he starts to improve. But uh, I, I really, it's hard to really feel comfortable starting anybody outside of David Johnson. And even David Johnson, you had to temper your expectations on the yardage. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Dini. The main problem is this team is flat out just, uh, they're, they're running David Johnson up the middle. Uh, basically all, all the goddamn time. They're not, you know, using any diversity in their run game. They're not, you know, mixing it in the, you know, outside zone. It's mostly just inside. 
you know, power and it's just not working out, you know, as they've planned. So that that's something that has to change and they've got to start mixing in some different, you know, play calls for David Johnson because uh, it's just been sort of unsuccessful for them so far. Uh, and, and it's sort of putting Josh Rosen in, you know, bad situations, but, you know, you look at Josh Rosen's stat line and it's never going to look good because, you know, he's putting guys in situations to make plays and they're utterly just failing him. So that, that's something that has to change. He's got to, he's got to get some help from uh, the weapons on his team. They've got to catch the fucking football. Um, and, and that'll really help. But, you know, Larry Fitzgerald seeing his targets, you know, nearly cut in half from last year. The Cardinals are on pace to run under 800 plays. And when you look at that, you know, over the course of a season, that's like losing three and a half games worth of plays. Uh, That is a major, major impact when you look at counting stats uh, and potentially what these guys are going to look like at the end of the year. And and it, it cuts down their weekly, you know, upside as well because, you know, if they're running under 50 plays a game, how is David Johnson going to see 20 to 25 of those touches uh, on a given week? Uh, you know, so there's a lot of concerns with this team. Uh, Josh Rosen is giving them some life, though. He is uh, currently the quarterback throwing the ball deepest down the field and taking the most uh, deep shots at 16 plus yards uh, a game in the NFL right now. And that's helping spread some things out but they still need to do more, you know, mostly as a coaching staff to get David Johnson and some of those other players in good spots. Cool. Love it. Um, let's do, you got anything Deanie on that one or do you want to go over to the Viking side of the ball? I'm done with the Cardinals. Cool. Donskis. Uh, fact is Cousins is, while the record's not great, Cousins has been dynamite. Obviously Adam Thielen's doing record breaking things. Got it. He's just got to be everyone's favorite player these days. What a what a good dude. Just a stud at fantasy. Ah man, he's so good. Diggs, same deal. These guys are just getting it done. Cousins is locked and loaded with Adam Thielen and Diggs. You guys don't even need to talk about them because you're, those are both pure starters um, every single week. What's going on with the backfield? There is it, um, coming back. Latavius Murray. Looked like they were playing a lot of different random running backs in, in, the, in the last game. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, Stags? If you want to get going first on that one, uh, so it really depends on if Dalvin Cook is back and healthy because this is a game in which he should be able to you know put some things together because uh, the Arizona Cardinals are allowing the most fantasy points to opposing running backs on the season. If you look at, you know, their average per game, they're allowing uh, 31 rushes to opposing running backs for 132 yards, 1.4 touchdowns. But then you add in what they're allowing, uh, it's the receivers, and they're allowing 6.4 receptions on nearly eight targets for 67.8 yards and another .4 touchdowns. So the Cardinals have absolutely been getting murdered by opposing running backs, uh, and you know, if Dalvin Cook's healthy, this should be a game where they're up and they can, you know, use some clock killing. Uh, but maybe that's when that they flip over to Latavius Murray or, and some of these other guys, Mike Boone, Rock Thomas, anyways. Um, 
you know, they, they just need to get that run game going because they, they they're, right now they're the pass heaviest team I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, and you you could tell like last week when you give Stefan Diggs two carries, you're doing whatever you can to try to generate something out of the running attack. So, <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I still say, you know, Kyle Rudolph is, is still, you know, he, he hasn't had that huge big game yet. And we were talking earlier about what Kirk Cousins had done with, uh, with Jordan Reed back when he was in Washington. Uh, so this is one of those games, uh, I'm not sure where the Cardinals rank against tight ends, but uh, this is one of those games too where I think because Thielen has been doing what he's been doing and Diggs is doing what he's doing and, and just the, the, the way that they've been chucking that ball all around, I think things might, this might be one of those sneaky weeks where Kyle has a nice, really nice game and you know, can get a touchdown in over 70 yards. They rank, uh, just so you know, the Cardinals against tight ends are 14th. They allow 6.6 points per week. Um, anything else you want to say, Stag Party, on going, going on the Vikings, or should we move on? No, I think we're good there. Cool. All right, before we move on to this next game, do us a favor. Help us keep the lights on. All right, before we get to that game, just so um, it's known, never mind. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be at Cincinnati Bengals, obviously big interdivision game. Bengals four and one, looking good on offense. But we'll start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Wi-Fi finally uh, had some extenders going on, and it looked like um, Antonio and Ben on the same page. Uh, let's talk about. There's just a lot of offensive awesomeness going on with the Steelers right now. Uh, I, I'll just I'll just beat Stags to it. Start them all. <laughs> um, they're all start them all. But let's uh, Houdini, if you want to throw down on the Steelers and what you've seen, uh, a lot of drama going on a couple weeks ago in that locker room. Looks like that uh, that win the other day um, against Atlanta. There's not even a win. It was just a flat out beatdown. Was uh, was kind of cured all might might have cured all the ills. It was a slaughter. Uh, you know, when you, when you look at uh, uh, Antonio Brown, for example, I mean, look, this guys he's getting targeted up the wazoo. He just hasn't been able to uh, connect on all the targets. He only had six catches on the 13 targets last week, had his first 100-yard game, had two touchdowns. That's now three games in a row with a score. He scored a touchdown in four out of the five games. So while the yardage hasn't been there, he's still doing what he's supposed to do uh, around the red zone. And, you know, again, I, I agree. This is a matchup that you, you really got to feel comfortable. Uh, you know, it's a division matchup. These uh, these teams tend to, to have some really epic type of games when they, when they get together. Uh, obviously having uh, – uh, you know, looking at the running attack here, when you got when you got James Conner, uh, who had a, a, over 100 yards again last week and two touchdowns, and added 75 yards receiving. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they're going to be able to run as effectively against Cincinnati. Cincinnati now with Vontez Perfect back, uh, that defense looks a little bit stouter. Uh, expect Juju Smith Schuster to bounce back. You know, he only had 34 yards last week, but he also scored a touchdown. So uh, this is one of those games where I, I agree. I'm 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 all in. Yeah, um, you know James Connors in your lineup until Le'Veon Bell is back. Um, 
you know, there's been word that they're even going to split work once Bell gets back into the lineup. That's something I'm going to have to see to believe. Uh, but until then, it's hard not to like uh, what you're seeing out of these teams right now, uh, especially on the offensive side of the football. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, their their ability to run the ball last week really set up the play-action game. Uh, and they've got a variety of players that can make plays uh, and even Vance McDonald really didn't you know, step up in that area last week because they didn't need him. But there's going to be times where, uh, you know, he's a tight end one and, you know, his potential targets, you know, should be there again in this week. So I do agree with the sort of start them all mentality here, you know, especially with those two wide receivers. Uh, you're rolling them out on a weekly basis uh, until things have changed. And then, you know, Big Ben, even just – despite being, you know, on the uh, road here against the division opponent, you're lining him up as well. Lining him up. Um, the quick thing I'll mention, uh, Nate Hamilton on Twitter, at DominateFF, uh, good follower, uh, good follow there, mentioned Le'Veon Bell's first five games of 2017, 102 rushes, 27 receptions, three TDs, 515 total yards, James Connors, first five games of this season, 84 rushes, so more than 20 less, uh, 20, uh, 19, 18 less, uh, 22 receptions, five less, five TDs, two more, 581 yards. I'm not going to do the math, but uh, 60-ish yards more than Le'Veon Bell through the first five games is it, you know, you can play around and move stats in any different direction. Um, I kind of agree with you, Stags. I'll believe it when I see it, that this is going to be a committee when Bell comes back. But is is maybe there a story and a truth to those people that think that the running back is a um, easily swap-outable uh, position? It, what what are your thoughts? I mean, it, it's Connor's lighting it up, and you, you just heard the stats there. I'm looking at them. It kind of has better stats uh, through five games from this year to Bell's last year. I mean, oh. I've always been, I've always been on the you shouldn't draft the running back highly because they're superfluous, but that doesn't mean anything for fantasy football. Uh, you still want those bell cows and those guys, so, so it's a much different you know, aspects when you're looking at it that way, when you're looking at it for fantasy, when you're looking at it for the reality of the NFL, if running backs matter. Well, I'll also, my, look, at, I'll also uh, look at it this way, D-Rex. I mean, look, what was Ryan Fitzpatrick? Was he, besides one one really bad game against the Bears, did he really deserve to to not be the starter anymore uh, on the way he was playing? And if Le'Veon's Bell's back, uh, it, it, you know, they're going with him. Yeah. I, uh, in my Ali G voice, um, if they if it is a committee, uh, does two bell cows equal more bell cow or only one bell cow? Um, that was awesome. I mean, I, I just got Ali G nailed. Let's go over to the uh, Bengals side of the ball. Obviously, things are looking good for uh, you know Mr. Dalton uh, mixing back. It did not look like they were easing him back into that at all, and I didn't think Walton looked bad. Um, who, which one of you guys wants to take this game? There's, it's just, 
their players are going down, you know, like an Ertz or uh, Eifert done. Giovanni Bernard had a great couple games. He's out and not coming back yet. There's, but there's still like so much action and so many good players here. Um, which one of you guys wants to kind of yeah, take I'll, this ball? Can, can the fantasy dominance continue for the Bengals? It seems like it should against this defense, but Atlanta's uh, top five powered scoring offense for fantasy football and, and couldn't get it done last week. Yeah, well, I look at it this way. These are division matchups. Uh, these two teams know each other extremely well. Uh, Joe Mixon, uh, you know, coming back off of the injury and having to have the extra workload because of the Giovanni Bernard injury uh, looked good. And so, you know, that, that first game back is always the biggest concern. So I think, you know, having him back at full strength for this matchup is really, really important. I think, you know, they're always looking to, to really have that running game to set up their passing game. And, you know, A.J. Green, what do you what do you need to say about AJ Green? I mean, he he's been getting it done, even with Tyler Boyd uh, having his uh, comeuppance. You know, AJ had his first hundred yard game last week, was held out of the end zone, but he still got five touchdowns on the year. Uh, you know, now that Boyd has actually started to to have his uh, stock go up, that uh, that's going to end up helping uh, AJ Green. And you have CJ Azuma. Uh, you know, he only had the two targets, but he caught both of them for 43 yards. Uh, so he looks like he's going to be, you know, having a bigger role here as well uh, in the passing game. But uh, no, and Andy Dalton has been pretty consistent all year, and he's he's had some pretty decent success against Pittsburgh. As we remember, some big games with AJ Green and him uh, in this matchup. So I would say I'm I'm locked and loaded on, on those guys. I mean, I'm in different leagues. I got Joe Mixon going for sure this week. I got AJ Green. 100%. 100%. And Uzoma, I'm, I'm going to have to make a game-time decision between him and Hooper, but uh, I went with Hooper last week, and I may stick that way this week. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, Joe Mixon's been you know, doing it in both you know, the rushing and receiving game. You know, Over his last four active games, uh, he's got over 90 rushing yards in each. Uh, they're giving him the ball 18 to 20 times as a rusher and getting him involved you know, uh, three to five times as a pass catcher. uh, And that's given them a lot of fantasy viability. So, you know, Mixon should be in your lineup every week, especially in the absence of Giovanni Bernard. They're doing a lot of good things and moving AJ AJ Green around the formation, uh, using them in the slot uh, to, you know, pull off better corners off of them and it's working. And they're just using his talents to the best of their ability right now. And it's great. Um, I also think stag party, I think we can't underestimate, and I don't think you are, but can't underestimate how good Tyler Boyd is. You know, we this is it's been the same thing with Julio Jones. Get Julio Jones someone else that can take some pressure off him. We've been saying what AJ Green's been able to do with his wide receiver twos since he got in the league is nothing short of amazing. Um, I think Tyler Boyd is is just that good and they have to worry about him that much. And Finally, and I still think that uh, you know Dalton likes to get his to get go to the uh, AJ Green, but now Dalton doesn't have to friggin' lock in and be like, "All right, we know it's going to AJ Green this one." Because where else would you put it? Boyd's making those catches, and it, it, it's open opening up everything. And let's be honest, with Joe Mixon back there, he hasn't even, in my opinion, he hasn't even scratched the surface of having. A, a, a really good game yet this year or in many ways uh, over his career going back to last year 
things are about to start getting nutty for that guy. I think he's himself, even being in an NFL game, he's really finding himself, I feel like, almost on every play. He, he's a he's a um, a passive runner in that in that Le'Veon Bell way where he takes his time, lets the play unfold, and sometimes that bites him in the ass for sure. Um, but he's just he just looks good. It looked like there was on, on Sunday there was one run where he waited too long, and I think he cost himself a touchdown by about a, a yard. But Mixon and that offense, it's looking pretty right now. And where do they sit? Um, oh, I, I don't have the differential. Their total offense is sixth right now. So, um, and what I'm referring to, just so you know, you can use these same exact tools. It's a weekly piece that uh, Pyro Promo here that Stag Party does, and it's the Pyro Fantasy Power Rankings posted um, this week's today um, post week five um, and. Get it, get after it, check it out. Shows you how many uh, how many points teams each team is scoring a QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense, and kicker. But it also on the flip side shows you which team, how many fantasy points teams are allowing. Uh, really, really at each of those positions as well. Really cool for you if you're ever on the fence between one guy and another in DFS or on your bench and starting lineup. Love that piece. Uh, Anything else on this one? You got? You guys want to go to the wide receivers or, or or anything else for Bengals, or should we move on? No, I'm good. Hey, we're good. All right, let's go on to the charges are at the Cleveland Browns, and the Cleveland Browns have what won two games in a row, um, and that's pretty amazing. But we'll start with the Chargers beating Oakland, like always. Over 400 yards of offense per game. Um, just everyone looks kind of great. When you're seeing Keenan Allen getting jet sweep uh, opportunities, you are looking at like, all right, this this team just doesn't give a fuck. Uh, anyone, Stag Party, you want to start with the Chargers here? I mean, Philip Rivers is having a career year. It's uh, just sort of going unnoticed because, um, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks, you know, really ascending, but Philip Rivers should be talked about, you know, as an MVP candidate because he's adjusting, playing without Hunter Henry, and you know he's using the running backs more because of it uh, in the past game. Uh, Keenan Allen, you know, hasn't had a dominant game yet this season. He's still been, you know, very good, uh, and you know, getting. 70 or 80 yards pretty much uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, the issue is that overall blow-up game potential from him, uh, we, we want to see it, and we just haven't recently. And, and it's because, you know, Melvin Gordon's been, you know, very effective at finding the end zone. Um, and, and, you know, Austin Eckler, he seems to make a big play every time he touches the football. Yeah, you know, you look at the situation too, and I, I look at the fact with uh, Melvin Gordon and Eckler doing everything that they're doing. Uh, they're both 
uh, Eckler's a viable start every week as a flex, uh, at least. And uh, with Keenan Allen, obviously you're locked in there. But my question comes down to the Williams boys, you know, Mike and Terrell. And the problem is that no one has really separated themselves from the other. So they just seem to be eating into each other's potential production. Uh, and a lot of those passing yards are, are going to, to Gordon and Eckler. So uh, I start Gordon, Eckler, and Allen and Rivers. And uh, I kind of am I'm bailing on the other guys. No, I agree. I love the William boys. I think anyone with the last name William calls their balls the William boys. <laughs> <laughs> Willie's boys. Willie's boys. <laughs> what did you, uh, what did I, I interrupted you for that. Yeah, I guess the main issue here is, you know, the Cleveland Browns defense is, you know, pretty tough. They can get pressure on the quarterback. Um, and that's something that you got to look out to. But, you know, Gordon's playing so well right now that he's in your lineup. Eckler's a flex play. Uh, I still think you're still starting Keenan Allen. Last time these two teams played, he had 10 catches and 105 yards. Um, and Phillip Rivers has been putting up 300-yard games in his last couple against the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, I, I like what this team is poised to do here. Um, and it should be good for them on offense. And I do agree that because the Williams boys are, uh, you know, both out there and, you know, they're producing at different times and it's hard to project exactly which one's going to go off. But the question is like, is Denzel Ward going to follow Keenan Allen into the slot? Um, because that guy's playing super well right now. Um, that's my main question mark, but I still think you're starting all these chargers because they're one of the hottest offenses in football. Cool. Should we go over to the other side? Um, Houdini, you want to talk to us about some Cleveland Browns action? Again, I think that's another, this is a, this is an awesome game. I don't know what the over under on it is, but you got to figure it's, it's kind of a nice one. Um, yeah, you got really got to like uh, if you're if you are buyer into Baker Mayfield, you got to love the fact that they're not putting any shackles on him. Where we're seeing, uh, you know, uh, Sam Darnold attempt 22 passes in a game and Josh Rosen attempt 25 passes in a game. Here's Baker Mayfield completed 25 of 43 passes and threw for 342 yards last week. So uh, that's got to make you feel good. If you're a Landry owner, you, you saw that the target share go uh, to double digits again last week. So that has to make you feel good. The guy that has probably been the biggest uh, surprise, and again at the that that wacky weird tight end possession uh, position. Look at David and Joku uh, finished with six for sixty nine on eleven targets last week. Uh, but the other thing that's interesting about Mayfield is that he targeted what was it like uh, the nine different receivers or something last week. So he is not being like a rookie quarterback. That's just locking into one guy. He's actually looking to see who's open and make the best plays possible. So from that standpoint, you really have to like, and the fact that, that there are letting him just be him, uh, which is smart because look, let the guy grow, let the guy figure this out. And they do have some decent, you know, weapons. And then Joku is, uh, is going to be making a push here uh, in the coming, weeks uh you know for for moving into uh much higher up on the, on the list of tight ends sure. I, I, I agree with your points uh you know baker's been making some mistakes here early in the you know season he, he's been a guy who's been great at taking care of the football uh, at the collegiate level 
that's been a little bit different at the NFL so far. But, you know, he, he's showing that, you know, even when he makes a mistake, he can come out and recover. So, you know, that's one thing you really like to see out of a rookie quarterback. Uh, I think that continues. The Chargers defense, you know, is not the same at all without, um, you know, without, uh, you know, Joey Bosa in the lineup. They're struggling uh, against opposing running backs. Uh, and they're sort of struggling all, all over the board, but they, they, they do, you know, still have some corners that can play real well. Derwin James is playing real well uh, at the safety spot. And, you know, he's getting a lot of pressure from that position. So uh, I, I do think Baker is going to see a lot of different looks from this defense in order to try and confuse them. But this offense, you know, should be okay. We haven't really seen a, a high output from a Baker game yet. I don't really know if this is the one to see it, but but it's coming. Yeah. Um, cool. Running backs: Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, Nick Chubb. It's it's kind of all. It, it, are they eating into each other? Are they all playing fabulously enough that um, it's troublesome? Or do you? Uh... No, it's Hyde, and it's no one else right now for me. Yeah, he's got. He's got a lot of for sure, but you don't you don't think they're going to start getting Duke Johnson the ball more, or are you still thinking they might trade him, or no? I never thought they were going to trade. I him. was one who thought they were going to trade him. He shot it down. So, so I, was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to trick you. <laughs> Keep trying. And the other thing is that Nick Chubb, you would have thought that after he had that uh, the three carries for 105 yards the other week that he would get more carries, and that's just really not happening right now. So, you know, maybe Carlos Hyde is the guy that eventually might get traded, right? And and, uh, and then you turn it over to Nick Chubb. But I think also at this point in time with Baker Mayfield back there, they want somebody back there who's going to help protect him. And Baker got sacked five times last week. Yeah. All right. Cool. I like uh... – I like everything about that game for sure. Definitely looks like the head coach is uh, keeping his job. Two victories. No. They're on fire. No. You think, no? You think it still doesn't <laughs> matter? Um, all right. Buffalo Bills are going to the Houston Texans. Um, let's start with the Bills. I, I liked what you said earlier with, with LaShawn McCoy, like with a, a, a rookie quarterback and this rebuild. Maybe, you know, they just don't – they won't gel very well together and, you know, take the picks you can get and um, move McCoy on and, and just say, hey, what are our ex- – truly what are our expectations this season? Is LaShawn McCoy um, going to help our team long-term better uh, being moved on and getting um, pieces back for him or just keep playing him? So I, I, I think McCoy – I could see him getting traded – um, here in the next couple of weeks where there's smoke. In some cases, there's fire. Uh, Peterson, Lurie, uh, the Eagles, I, fe- I feel like they'll be like, you know what, What what's, is it that big of a deal to give away a second, third-round pick or whatever to get this guy? Um, it won't be that. It'll- yeah, it's not going to be that high. All right, good. Then even, even less so. Yeah. yeah, you want to talk about the Bills? Because I don't. No, the only person you were talking about is McCoy, and I think we've already done that. All right, let's move to the <laughs> Texans side. Yeah, the Texans side. You look at Deshaun Watson and you know how he's playing so far this season. Um, you know he's 
being more accurate with the football. He is having some more of those, you know, plays that should have been interceptions last year becoming interceptions, but he's still playing very, very well. Um, You know, he's attacking the field vertically. Uh, They've got, you know, a number of players who could do it and adding Kiki Kuti to the mix uh, just adds, uh, adds another guy who in short areas can get open when they need that uh, quick conversion and, you know, those, you know, slot receiver type roles. And then you got Will Fuller who can stretch the field. Uh, and then, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is open when he's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And, 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 you know, the other thing too, we, we got to see uh, Will Fuller, is he, is he hundred percent back to full health or is Kiki Kuti just really taking that much more of, of the offense away? So, I mean, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins is, is the most solid guy. You, you get in all the targets and uh, he, again, he, you're right. He's open when he's not open. So uh, Kiki Kuti though, is, is just really kind of been uh, that sneaky guy that's kind of come up and making a name for himself right now. And until, you know, and Fuller, we've seen this before with him where he has these nagging hamstring types of issues where he's back and then he's out for a couple games, then he comes back. So uh, as long as Kuti stays on the field, it, it's only going to help build his rapport with Deshaun Watson and make things better. And, you know, you look in this matchup here against the Bills, uh, I know that the Bills really completely stymied uh, Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans uh, last week, but uh, you know they're going to be uh, having a little bit more trouble, I think, trying to contain Deshaun Watson. Uh, and you look at just how good Deshaun Watson has been uh, so far to start the season. I mean, look, he's thrown uh, for over 300 yards in his last four games. He's thrown for over 375, 375 uh, or more yards in his last three games. So... <laughs> It's insane. Yeah, he's he's he's. I was always worried about that offensive line and him coming off that injury and just like I was worried about. It, but he's he's just a stud, and maybe the offensive line's given him a little more time than he wants. But he's running a lot. He's he's able to make plays. But let's be honest. One of the big things we saw after that game um, on Sunday night is. He cannot keep taking that kind of punishment. I said, I know he said yesterday he's built for that. You're not. No one's built for that. That guy got absolutely destroyed, I mean, four or five times in that game. And I, I respect him for trying to go for the win, being a team guy, and I don't care about my body. But, but that's not the way that this guy's going to be actually be able to help the Texans um, over and be a franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just state the obvious there. He's got to, he's got to pull it in. He's got to slow. He's got to chill out on the running and trying to dive and get his fucking ass whooped. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, he, he looks beat up, but he's a finisher, man. Like uh, he was out there performing. So that was good to see. Uh, he, came in late and got it done, you know, good for them. Uh, so I guess the real only thing to talk about is Lamar Miller versus Alfred Blue, and it's really just going to depend on who's active. Um, you know, Blue got enough done as a receiver to have a pretty nice fantasy day last week. Um, but we, we sort of know what Miller is at this point, and I, I don't think that's changing anytime soon. But I also don't think this is one of those teams – that's been rumored, you know, out there, you know, looking at Le'Veon Bell. I don't think that's something that's likely to happen either. Go yeah. 
Yep. I agree with that. All right, let's move on to the next game. But before we do so, do us a favor, listen to a word from our sponsor. All right, our Bears are down in Miami. Three and one Bears, three and two Miami. Uh, Bears coming off a bye week. Defense is on fire, but let's stick to the offensive side of the ball. Mitch Trubisky coming off a six TD game, by far the best of his career. Went from scaring everyone, the light, daylights out of every Chicago fan. I'm getting ready for a Stags interjection of Mahomes, but finally has a pretty sick fantasy game and made us all forget a little bit that through the first three games that we had um, played, he basically, we won, we won in spite of him in many ways. Um, what are your thoughts, Trubisky, in this matchup? Anything? Is Howard going to be brought back in the mix? Or is Tariq uh, just a, a kind of guy that you should uh, pinpoint? And if you don't have him, maybe go after him. What are your thoughts? The wide receiver. This team's there's a lot of unknowns here. Yeah, uh, those six touchdown passes account for 60% or 40% of Mitch Trubisky's career total. Um, so <laughs> this goes back to what I wanted earlier for Julio Jones. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, other than that, you know, this is a, a team coming off a of bye week that could be completely different. Um, it, it's it's got a lot of question marks because at the last point we did see Terry Cohen sort of take uh, you know more of the job at the running back position, but was that just a one week game plan thing, or is it something they plan to do you know more going forward? Run a lot of shotgun, you know, make Mitch Trubisky very comfortable, uh, get guys who can catch the uh, ball all over the field. Uh, and give them options everywhere. We don't know if that's something that's likely to continue or not. Um, so uh, that that's an issue. Uh, we did see a sort of standout performance from Taylor Gabriel. Uh, I like Taylor Gabriel's prospects in this game, as Allen Robinson is probably likely to be uh, showered, uh, shadowed a lot by Xavier Howard, uh, who's been doing a pretty good job of shutting down opposing number ones so far this year. Um, and, and then, the rest of the weapons are, you know, to be determined. Allen Robinson's seeing a pretty good target share, uh, but, you know, his yards per reception and, you know, red zone opportunities are way down from his time in Jacksonville. So it's making a much more of a possession wide receiver three type than, you know, that guy he was in Jacksonville, which was a number one absolute dominator uh, for fantasy football. Um Trey Burton's probably the guy likely to see, you know, the biggest increase coming out. We did see him start to sort of take a step forward uh, late, uh, you know, in well, late before that bye week. But yeah, it's it's a team with a lot of questions still. Yeah, but I think the, what the the encouraging thing is, you know, they were on a roll, so it was like, was this actually the best time to have a bye week? But at the same time, coming off of that big win, uh, able to really uh, instill a, a whole game plan in here for Miami, likely probably to see them add a few more wrinkles uh, to the offense, 
and add some more of that huge playbook that uh, Nagy has. Uh, let me go back to Jordan Howard, though, and I think one of the bigger problems for, for Jordan Howard is that they want Tariq Cohen to be in the game as well. And it's, it's these situations, especially for a guy like him, he needs to have the carries. And he's only had one game this year where he's had over 20 carries. Uh, when he's getting only 11 to, to 15 or 16 carries a game, it's just going to be harder for him to be effective. Whereas Tariq Cohen is one of those guys, all you got to do is get him on the outside, get him in space, and he can make something happen. So, you know, with Jordan Howard, it, uh, it you know, you would have figured that last week would have been, or the last game that they played against Tampa when they were up so much that that would have been a Jordan Howard uh, wear it out game. And this is going to be one of those, I think that maybe this is a little bit, let's get him back happier into the fold because he did leave in a huff, didn't talk to reporters after that game two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, hasn't really seemed as happy. You know, here's a guy that was uh, second behind Ezekiel Elliott since they both came into the league with rushing yards. I like what you said there. I agree. Uh, my buddy called me who had Howard. He's like, how is this guy not? They were up what thirty-five to seven or something in in the early second quarter. It's like, how are they not giving Howard the ball right now? Um, and it's like, I, I I really don't know. But I think what maybe hopefully Howard he says today that Howard's still a part of their plans. Hopefully they're just gonna like change it up so much that. Teams don't know what to expect from them, you know. It's just that sleight of hand type of thing. And who knows, Jordan Howard might get 35 carries this week, and they might just lean on him and be like, you know what, let's let's keep uh, the rest of the defense across the league um, uh, on their heels about what we're going to do on any given week. And, you know, that's the deception of surprise is, is, is huge. And it, there's not many teams out there right now that are able to do it. And people don't really – have the tape on the Bears. You know, we talk about that a lot of times where teams are able to be very successful in certain ways because no one knows how to prepare for them. And right now, this is a great season for the Bears because of that. Next year, not going to be quite as much, you know. So um, let's move over to the Dolphins. Unless any of you guys have anything else to say, Gabriel... Uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just say Taylor Gabriel. I mean, I don't know how you can't love this guy. You know, there you see all the different ways that they're using him, and especially as long as Anthony Miller is, is still not playing, Gabriel is seeing a, a, a huge increase. And and it's again, it's the type of player that uh, you think about Kansas City and uh, Philadelphia, the way that they the Andy Reid offenses. That's the type of guy that they like. So uh, I, I'm 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 definitely all in on a Taylor Gabriel for, uh, for as a, as a flex play for sure. Yeah. They gave they gave Gabriel a bunch of money. He'd be like one of the higher paid running backs in the league right now. Um, it's good to see them use it. It comes in a bad you know situation with the um, shoulder uh, dislocation or whatever happened with uh, Miller. Um, I hope they take their time with him. I know he's probably going to want to play and whatnot, but just just take your time with that guy. He looks special over the long haul. Let's not let's not rush him back. Um, all right, cool. Keep on Bears defense. I, I have them in both my leagues, and I'm not even a homer. But I just kind of once the Mac thing um, happened, it was I was all in on it. Um, lots of trade. People are trying to trade for the Chicago Bears when you live in Chicago. Um, good to have that team. All right, Dolphins. That team looked like crap uh, in that Cincinnati loss. You just watch Gase. He. He's got the – he's based – I know why they had uh, Cutler last year. He's got the worst sideline energy. Like, every play, so pissed off at – I don't know if it's at himself, his players, but Adam Gase, 
uh, I, I'm not sold on that guy's um, future as being a head coach again and again and again. I know he was one of the young studs, uh, but he just, he just looks like an asshole and not like the kind of guy that many team, many players would want to play for. I don't know. I'm, I'm just putting that out there. Uh, what do you guys think, Tannehill, uh, in this matchup and any any other place? Drake and Gore, I think, are like sharing carries and snap rates. Uh, Stags, you want to drop in on these guys? Uh, the only guy who's in fantasy consideration for me this week is uh, Kenyon Drake after that sort of come, come up last week. Uh, they've got to continue to use him as a wide receiver, uh, continue to target him, him in the past game, continue to give him some runs. But the Chicago Bears are the best team against opposing running backs so far this season. So that uh, scares me a little bit. Um, but other than that, I, I don't think with this offensive line you can like the pass game. I, I do think there is a, a chance uh, against the Bears for Kenny Stills to make a big play. But I'm just not sure about that uh, overall uh, and the impact he's going to make on limited targets. Yeah, and this is one of those situations where you got to look at it when, the, when you're facing the Chicago Bears, if their defense continues to play like the way that it does, it, it really hampers what you want to start on the other side of the ball. I mean, look, uh, we were talking about the, one of those games earlier was uh, Atlanta and Tampa Bay where uh, they're each giving up uh, over 400 yards of offense uh, per game. The Bears are only allowing 294 and a half yards per game on offense by their opponents. Uh, They've turned them over 11 times uh, in four games. So they're averaging almost three turnovers a week. Uh, It's, it's pretty ridiculous. And so when you, when you look at Tannehill and you say, okay, well, here he is. And he got sacked three times last week uh, by the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, You know, Geno Atkins got him twice. And, and that's a defense that really hasn't been prolific at sacking the quarterback. Uh, I worry, but I, I, there's really – I'm with you, Stags. There's not really anyone on this team that's that's a strong start at all. Yep. All right. Let's um, – hey, you know, Stags, I don't want to put you on the spot, so if you don't know off the top of your head. or But as far as usage or, or, or plays in a game, I know that last year, and you've said in general, Gase, uh, as I continue to shit on him, um, was, a, was a coach that always just played very slow – and uh, I, I'm facing the team you, you uh, referred to earlier on the show. That the Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals. They were giving up like three and a half games worth of plays um, over a season or whatnot. Is Miami still doing this? Are they still playing that game? Or are they, are they uh, making a little more of a concerted effort to move their offense and run plays, more plays and run plays faster? Uh, Miami is running the second fewest plays in the NFL per game right now. Uh, they're running 52 per game. And I'm pretty sure if you wanted to go back, equate that into a season's worth of work, it'd be like 3.25, uh, worth the game, worth the plays that they're giving up. So that so again, games. So if you're playing on the teams that have the most plays going and you've got players in the, on Miami, your player is it's basically like subtracting 3.5 games on their schedule. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. Pay attention to that stuff. Power and numbers and gameplay and all these analytics are super important. And as I tweeted out earlier, 
super glad that I drafted Larry Fitzgerald over Juju Smith-Schuster, who probably is, I would say that the, uh, without knowing, the, the Steelers are at least top 10 in plays uh, on offense. All right, let's go to Los Angeles Rams at Denver Broncos. Dini, start with the Rams. Uh, McVay, El Fuego, Goff, Fuego, Gurley, Fuego, Cooks, and Cup concussed. Uh, tell us about this matchup, Woods, and however else this thing could uh, turn in, in favors of new people with uh, a couple of their studs being out. Well, I mean, this is a, just a ridiculous dynamic offense. It's like, it's like, uh, and, and the word is right now, I mean, it's early still in the week, but uh, uh, the early word out is that uh, it looks like uh, Cooks and Cup may be available to play next week. So if they are, uh, you can start both of them along with Robert Woods uh, and Todd Gurley and Jared Goff. Okay. <laughs> it's like, uh, this is a power in numbers team. You look at it, even when they, I understand that they're going into Denver and they're playing against a tough defense, but that defense is not as tough as it used to be. They're giving up almost 400 yards a game of offense. Uh, they've only created five turnovers as a defense uh, in their uh, first five games. So uh, that's not something that's really encouraging from the Denver uh, side of the ball. And uh, I, I mean, man, Robert Woods, where is just amazing how this guy has just resurrected or rebirthed his career going back to the West Coast and, uh, uh, you know, getting able to be able to play uh, where he did his college ball. Um, man. And then the, to be able to do what they did uh, last week with him as a rusher, too, two carries for 53 yards, uh, with one of them going for 56. So he had negative yards on the other one. Uh, but man. Uh, getting it done, and uh, it was a, so unfortunate for Brandon Cooks that that one cost me a win last week. Uh, so you know he was tearing the league apart, and then just took a nasty hit and uh, it was concussed. But uh, love, uh, look, love the way you frame that, Houdini. It was really, it was really too bad for Brandon Cooks last week. Instead of right. going like concussed, hurt in concussion protocol, you went right to he cost me the win that week. <laughs> he did. He did. If he had done even half of what he had done the first uh, four weeks of the season, I would have won my game. Now we know. Now we see why these NFL players, and I guess any athlete in general, are just like, oh, my God, fantasy sports. These things are just so annoying for them personally. <laughs> well, listen, okay, okay. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take it back. I won't fully blame Brandon Cooks. I'll also lay a, a heap of loading of, uh, of the hurt for my team on Alvin Kamara, Kamara and his disastrous non-giving-him-the-ball performance last night. Well, we're to, it's fun to talk about our teams. Last night, I was barely up at all, and I ended up winning. And the guy had uh, Thomas and Kamara, and it was just, oh, pulled out the victory. He couldn't come back. He was supposed to smoke me leading up to the week. Uh, it was the best. First time I feel like I've gotten luck in all season across any of my leagues. So, enough. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to the other stuff. Uh, let's go to the Denver Broncos. Um, stag party, Case Keenum getting it done. Uh, it, it, he's getting it done lately. Other than a uh, missed last play of the game, um, uh, play two weeks ago, he's putting up some points. What are your thoughts on him, the wide receivers? And uh, give us a breakdown a little bit of the Lindsay versus uh, Royce Freeman uh, dynamic for this matchup, but also moving forward. Case Keenum blows. Um, <laughs> you know, he's really not playing well right now. 
he's just accumulating a lot of garbage time points. Uh, and that's the good thing if you're looking at it. Um, you know, he's just, you know, pulling a Blake Bortles and, uh, you know, when, when, when they're down scoring a lot of fantasy points. But other than that, it's, uh, it's not great. He's not, you know, playing well early in games. He's not handling pressure well. Um, you know, and, and this team's just not moving the football like they thought it would. Um, you know, if this continues for much longer, I do think we might, you know, get a Chad Kelly sighting at some point this season uh, because it's just not something that's working out to the highest uh, of the abilities and they need it to be, especially when the defense is sort of taking a step back and they've got these three receivers who are either highly paid or highly drafted uh, out there. And then they've got, you know, a pretty good running back core. Uh, so it's something I can see changing. I, I do think Philip Lindsay's the guy you want to go because no matter the game script, he's likely to be in the matchup. Um, he's not likely to get replaced like Royce Freeman um, has seemingly done at times this season. So, uh, what? I'm not sure what that was. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I thought I heard, hold on there. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm a little bit worried about this team, but I, I think you're continuing to try out Demarius Thomas uh, and Emmanuel Sanders, but I think you te- temper their expectations a little bit this week going up against, you know, a pretty tough Rams team. But, you know, when the Broncos are at home, they can be a different football team. Yeah, I agree. And, and the other thing, too, that you got to figure is that the Rams are going to put up points. And, uh, you know, and you're looking at the, uh, the amount of points that the Rams have actually given up in the past couple of weeks, that bodes well, whether it be garbage yards or whatever yards, all the yards count at the end of the day. And, and, and this is probably going to be one of those games where, uh, you know, Denver does play better at home, but I still have a feeling that they're going to be down uh, by 10 to 14 points uh, by the start of the fourth quarter. All right. Uh, I do want to mention on the side of the Rams if one of those guys is to be left out of the matchup, uh, you know, Cooks or Cup, I, I do think Josh Reynolds is an interesting guy you can pick up off the waiver wire and start. Uh, he was their, you know, next man up, and they even continued to run those sort of jet screens uh, and jet sweep design plays uh, to him. So I think that's got some interesting uh, – should either of those guys be out? Cool. Um before we get to this next matchup, my favorite, listen to this. All right, Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. Afternoon game on Sunday. We'll start with the Baltimore Ravens sitting at three and two. Um, just lost in that close battle with Cleveland. What's going to happen here? Alex Collins getting enough, getting enough done to be able to do it against this defense? Uh, I'll let Stag Party start on the running situation and Houdini pop in if you like uh, to talk about the Ravens whatsoever. I mean, this looks like a game that could be ugly yet again. Uh, it doesn't look very exciting from a fantasy perspective. Uh, it's probably got a really low game total uh, when you look at the over-under. Uh, I haven't looked at that just yet. But, you know, Alex Collins is really playing second fiddle to Javorius Allen. 
Allen's getting a majority of the snaps. He's getting, you know, a majority of the pass blocking work, a majority of the, you know, route running work. And then when they get down deep, he's still a guy that they prefer in the red zone. So it's hard to completely love Alex Collins, even though he looks like the better talent uh, in this situation, Uh, especially against the Titans in a game that looks like it's likely to be mucked up a little bit, you know? Um, And then at wide receiver, I think it's John Brown has clearly asserted himself over all these other guys. Um, You know, Michael Crabtree, you know, really struggling uh, to create separation and, you know, make contested catches because he can't create separation. Uh, But it's John Brown and then, you know, Willie Sneed's okay for an NFL team, but nothing for your fantasy team. Uh, and, and then they're working with four or five tight ends, and they're all getting snaps that none of them are fantasy viable right now. Yeah, the only thing that I'll throw into this one when we talk about uh, you think there's going to be a boring game, I 100% agree with you. Uh, these two teams average giving up total yardage combined of 636 yards. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, you know, again, I, I, John Brown, you, you gotta be able to go with him. He had a, uh, his, uh, second week of double digit targets. He had his highest target week of the season with 14 targets last week. Uh, Joe Flacco has definitely found a comfort level with him. So, uh, definitely feeling good there and uh, agree with what you said about the running back situation. All right, let's move over to the, uh, Titans side of the ball. Pretty drudgery as well. Uh, Stags, I know you're going to say I'd stay away from mostly everyone, but maybe not. What do you think here? Yeah, I'm staying away from the running backs. Uh, if I have to choose one or the other, it's going to be Deion Lewis uh, over Derrick Henry. We thought last week was a good spot for Derrick Henry, them being favorites uh, and having a pretty good opportunity to sort of play clock-killing clock mode. Uh uh, against the Bills, that just didn't come to fruition. Uh, you know, Marcus Mariota against this Ravens team, I don't really want anything of. Um, so it's really looking at, you know, Corey Davis, um, and he's probably a starter as a wide receiver three. They're moving him around the formation. And, and then, you know, maybe Taewon Taylor if you're desperate. But this is a game I'm pretty much going to avoid if possible. Uh, Corey Davis, if I absolutely have to. Yeah, I want to look. I want to look elsewhere. I mean, I don't like it when uh, you know the Baltimore Ravens is uh, their defense is just kind of coming back to the to the old Baltimore Raven defense, you know. So, uh, and again, I don't know how uh, after the the complete egg laying at uh, uh, at Buffalo last week, how you can really feel super confident about anybody on uh, on Tennessee, especially going against Baltimore. So, uh, granted, they're at home now, but. Uh, uh, the way that the Ravens have been playing, that defense travels. So uh, I'm 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 staying away as well. Uh, Deion Lewis, 63% snap share last week. Derrick Henry, 39. Um, Derrick Henry is pretty much um, close to being droppable. I think almost you're, you're holding on to him, um, holding on to the hope, and you never want to be the guy that hopes someone gets injured, but. Um, yeah, Lewis gets hurt. Derrick Henry gets a lot of opportunities. Maybe not. Stags, yeah, I'd love to hear some insight from you. But right now, Derrick Henry is just looks looks atrocious. When going into the season, he was a top 
20, top 22 running back. Uh, Trub City all around. Let's move on to the next game. You guys cool? Yep. Jaguars go down to Texas and play against the Cowboys. Ooh, might not be a great time for the Cowboys to have this matchup. Um, we'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars side of the ball. Blake getting it, getting it done. It, actually, I'm going to ask one question. I'm going to start off. TJ Eldon playing great, getting a lot of opportunity. Is Fournette more injured than people are leading on to believe? Is he coming back any given week? Um, probably not this weekend, but uh, a, a game soon. Is there anything we don't know, Stags or Houdini, about Fournette? Because it's kind of troublesome that you don't really hear much about him, and they don't seem to be that worried that he's out. Yeah. Well, they just signed. They just reportedly are about to sign Jamal Charles. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one. Uh, I've thought for the longest time that he's going to be out until after Jacksonville's bye, which I believe is week nine, so he won't be back till week ten. I don't think they're they want to get him out there before you know playoff time comes around, crunch time at the end of the season. I think they're going to play it very safe. They need just him to get healthy, and their offense is offense is you know just as dynamic, if not more dynamic, uh, when TJ Yeldon is in that lineup for him. And you know you've got Corey Grant, but it looked like he injured himself you know too last week, and that could be the real. Uh, indicator for why Jamal Charles is coming in. I think he's done for the year, Grant. Oh, they IR'd him? Yeah, he's done. That, that, well, that's a good signal for your uh, Jamal Charles call, but I really don't think you're going to have, you know, uh, Fournette back until, you know, week 10 or so. Well, but can, can, I'll tell you what, though. You want to know who the biggest surprise of this team is? It's Dante Moncrief. Uh, you know, Dante Moncrief uh, had uh, 15 targets last week uh, and caught six for uh, 76 yards. Uh, and this is coming off of where he had only been targeted uh, eight times over the previous two weeks, uh, but had been uh, you know effective the week before. Had five catches for 109 yards and a score. Uh, he scored two touchdowns so far on the season. Uh, so. Kind of really surprising uh, because now what this does is Dante Moncrief getting all of this work. It's making either D.D. Westbrook or Keelan Cole go non-existent in the week. It's either one or, one of those guys is getting the work and the other one isn't. And Moncrief is uh, is seeming to be the one that's becoming more effective as a as a receiver. And and Blake Bortles is obviously liking it to throw him the ball right now. And the crazy thing is with that Deanie. Got D.D. Westbrook, a, a, a great pickup in, uh, on our list last week and still getting a lot of opportunities. Cole up and down, um, like I said, Moncrief on fire. D.J. Shark uh, had his best game as a pro. He had 68 yards receiving. It, they, this is a team that's like got a lot of receivers that are all kind of going to eat into each other, and no matter what happens – um, although I like each of them individually, I don't know if there's ever – I don't know if you're going to be very happy playing them as a flex, playing them as a wide receiver three, because um, any given week something's going to happen uh, differently with these guys. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's it's tough to peg exactly which week is going to be, you know, 
the Keelan Cole week or which week's the D.D. Westbrook week or which week's the Dante Moncrief week. Uh, it does get a little bit cleaner for them, though. They did you know, end up IRing Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, so this looks like a team that's going to be predicated on – you know, three, maybe four wide receiver sets spreading the football out uh, and let break Bortles sort of own it. And, you know, we know garbage time Blake can get it done. I, I do think they might not need as much garbage time Blake, uh, you know, going up uh, against a Dallas team that's really struggling on offense. So. I agree. I'm not struggling on them. There it is. Houdini. Get into uh, some cowboy action. What do you what, what do you see here? Obviously, a tough defense. Jacksonville again, the number one defense at shutting down fantasy points on the season. Um, what do you, Dallas at home? Is this going to be a, a troublesome night? Is there fantasy points to be scored from uh, Elliott and Prescott? What What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, well, my thoughts go to uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Brave Sir Robin, run away, run away, run away. The only person that's even worth ever starting on this team is Ezekiel Elliott, and then and then the, the conversation ends. And this week you're starting him, of course, but it's a tough matchup. So, uh, you know, it, you may need to look for your flex play or your wide receiver three play to be someone that maybe gives you a better opportunity for a boomer, uh, a boom type of a game. Couldn't agree more. Stags, you got anything else? Uh, Jeff Swain, he he looked good two weeks ago, but he had a couple opportunities again this week. Is it, If you're needing a tight end action after what we've seen the last couple weeks, and I know that you liked Swain, um, you know, weeks, weeks ago, uh, both you and maybe it was Houdini, I'm not sure if it was you, Stags. But is this a guy that now you're like, um... Witten's replacement, not Witten-esque, but I'll pick this guy up because he's getting some stuff done and scoring some fantasy points. Well, I'll, I'll let Stags jump in after this, but all the thing I want to say is that they, they're still playing Swain, Rico Gathers, Blake Jarwin. They're all out there. Yeah, I, I agree with Houdini. Uh, they are all out there, and that you know, you know scares me a lot. Um, in addition – they just forgot about Swain, even though he was sort of working early in that game. Um, so, you yeah, know, this is a team over here. Th- this is this is a team that's you know averaging under two hundred yards passing a game. I don't really want anything to do with anybody. Oh, Dak, Dak, the, the Dak attack. I got a good buddy. Uh, Jake, that uh, is a huge Cowboys fan. I know I've mentioned him before on the show. He just knew Dak sucked. He loves Romo like nothing else. And he's just like, you still like Dak? I'm like, I don't know. I think he's top 15, but maybe he's not even top 15, uh, which is which is crazy. So Dak might be out of, the, out of a starting position role. I would say that from what we've seen from Jerry Jones, him questioning the punt, on fourth and one in overtime, I would question that as well. Um, the absolute atrocity they have at wide receiver and moving, uh, it just seems like there's going to be a blow-up uh, situation happening in Dallas pretty soon. Coaching, uh, personnel, 
anyone agree? In the next couple of years, this team might look a lot different than it does right now. I mean, I think first you got to make a coach change before you can consider changing Dak. Agree. I don't think I, Garrett's not making it through the season. I don't think. All right, but I don't know if whoever replaces him is going to be the help he needs. Well, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that, but I, I just one don't, of the, basically Garrett will be the scapegoat. Yeah, I mean he should be because he's the clapper. Isn't Jason Garrett? Isn't Jason Garrett the NFC version of Marvin Lewis, but not even as good as Marvin Lewis? Yes. (laughs) Seems clueless. He's so happy when something goes good that it's it's weird. You know, most coaches when things go good, they're just like, "All right, that's that's the way we practice." That's a Tuesday. Tuesday. (laughs) I think I think I think that's because he's. I think I think you're going on the ginger thing. No, I'm not. I'm not. I love ginger snaps. All right. That's it. That's it. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. That's like when, when I bring up uh, race, black versus white, wide receivers and snag parts. Like, oh, God. I hate it when he does this. That's what he just did to me. So now I know how it feels. <laughs> All right. Kansas City at New England. This is the Sunday night game. That's going to be a six-set game, Sunday night football. I mean, I'm just going to say at the top level, I think Kansas City still gets it done and is able to outscore their opponents. Um, But we've got New England's, their wide receiver crew, and their offense is looking better here today than it has in – literally even going back into last season, they look like uh, they've got a lot of weapons. Everything's kind of gelling together. We'll start with uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes going to be able to um, get a few touchdowns in this one, or is the craze of Mahomes going to kind of subdue as it it somewhat did last week other than that rushing touchdown? Um, Mahomes will be fine. I don't (laughs) I don't really worry about anything in, in that sort of area uh, for them. I, I do think that their offense is going to be you know, very effective. Um, and it's going to be a shootout. But, you know, there has been a couple of these games so far this year uh, that have lined up like that. I think this is a 60-point over-under. Uh, New England's coming off back-to-back games, scoring 38 points. Um, you know, Rob Gronkowski is going to have 10 days uh, to come back from that Thursday night game, hopefully get some time off, be a little bit healthier uh, when this game comes around because that's a great spot for him uh, against Kansas City linebackers. Th- this game just pr- flies up like a shootout. Uh, another guy who's going to have a week of rest and who we really didn't you know, think would be playing last week um, you know, you know, Sammy Watkins, uh, he played pretty well last week against Jacksonville and this offense is just playing at such a high level right now that it's hard to, you know, discount what they're doing. Uh, so you'll want to hear it, uh, start them all. Yep. Agreed. Deanie, you got anything for Kansas city? I agree. Start them all. Yeah. You got to start them all. Um, uh, the, the thing is that even if, you know, things go south. They're, they're giving up uh, – their defense allows 462 yards a game. So they're going to have to put up points every single week. So even if they're down, it's, it's not a bad thing. Yep. Uh, last year, uh, last September, 
the Chiefs smoked the uh, Patriots, but that was that uh, first three or four game Patriot that always happens that even happened this year. I think that was week one. Remember that yeah. was the, it might've been, that might've been either Monday night football or no, it was the Thursday night opener. It was the Thursday night opener. All right. Week one kickoff. Yeah. And yeah. So I'm, I'm taking the chiefs in this one. I think they're, they're, they're just on a roll. Uh, but I think it's a high-scoring game, 60-point. I think it's 58.5, but maybe it's that was the one I saw like a couple of, uh, two days ago or whatever. But if it's up at 60, start them off. On the other side, let's go to the Patriots. Uh, Brady had his best game of the season last week. Has Gordon. Edelman being back just cannot be under. It's just, it's just light, light years for him. Especially with um, kind of the, the 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 troubles that him and and, and uh, Gronk have had to a degree so far this year. This team, Sony Michelle, just I'll let Houdini. You drop in on this one. This is now, in my opinion, at this given week, week six, uh, top four offensive weaponry kind of uh, operation. Uh, across the power and numbers kind of league in fit for fantasy owners. Yeah, look, again, this is one of those ones you're probably going to almost start everybody in this game because, uh, again, with the, the, the type of points that are going to be scored, it's this game and it's also that one we uh, did earlier, the uh, Tampa Bay-Atlanta game. These are the two games that if I got players in these, I want to get them out, out there. Um, yeah, it was great to see Brady back, having Julian Edelman there. Uh, it's amazing what's going on with Sony Michelle and uh, James White. They're basically doing the exact same thing. One is a runner, the other is a receiver. Uh, and uh, James White has just been what is what a pleasant surprise. I'm not where does he rank in like standard leagues uh, right now? Because you can look that up while I while I talk about this. But it's he's got to be he got to be like a top. 10 running back, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, and uh, Gronkowski, who was uh, potentially gimpy coming in uh, and uh, almost almost gave him that uh, that catch in the fumble would have uh, uh, given you probably more fantasy points uh, than uh, what happened with that being taken away. But still, six catches for 75 yards. Uh, Edelman definitely is helping to take some of that pressure off of Gronk. Gronk not facing triple teams on this uh, as much. Uh, Josh Gordon uh, made his appearance with that with the touchdown catch and the deep throw. So uh, you know the ones that you're going to be fading on if you're fading on anybody is uh, you got to be fading on Philip Dorsett now because Edelman just kind of knocked him out and Chris Hogan is kind of uh, taking that back seat with Josh Gordon getting more and more uh, work on a weekly basis. Agreed. Uh, agreed across the board. I'm pretty much think you're you're starting the obvious plays here, uh, and you mentioned the guys who fall back into Never Never Land. All right, and just no, there's nothing to worry about with Sammy Watkins. He obviously played last week, so um, off the injury report, everything's golden with him. Yep. One thing I uh, just read in the last couple of days since uh, J- Jerry Jones said we haven't had a wide receiver one here in a while, um, kind of throwing some shade on on um, Des Bryant, is um, – oh, hold on. What was it? Oh, the fact that um, – I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Cool. Val Verde. Hey, I should I should give a call out to my stupidity and, and give credit to the beer I'm drinking because this shit's unbelievable. Juicy Pants Indian Pale Ale. It's kind of like a double IPA, but it's a uh, 
It's a limited time run, juicy, juicy from Maplewood, which Houdini, I know you love beer. Maplewood, in my opinion, is the top three brewery in Chicago right now. Um, this is a uh, this is a good beer. All right, all, all around, all around, good times. Um, hey, so I'll, I'll give I'll give my shout out. I am I am actually drinking here. You just haven't heard me because it's not beer. I'm drinking a little bit of Doers tonight. Mmm. Mm. Doers on the rocks, or yep. On the rocks. And by the way, James White is the number nine running back in standard scoring leagues and the number seven running back in PPR leagues. Wow. So doers, did you I know you're out of town. Are you drinking like little little uh, airplane bottles out of the <laughs> out of the cooler? Or no, I, I got the one point seven five liter. Bottle. Sorry, I didn't hear you. I said I got the one point seven five liter. I go big or go home. or or i I go big and then i go home (laughs) yes it's good that you're going big and you are home it's not your home home but it's where you're staying so that that's always a good move all right let's go on to the last little deal we got going monday night football should have been a great game might not be a great one with jimmy g down san francisco 49ers are heading to Lambeau to play the Green Bay Packers. We'll start with the 49ers. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's just a bummer. I, I think the highlight here on this team is is George Kittle. Um, Stags, you want to start and give a little rundown on what you think some of these uh, Niner players can do in this matchup? I, I mean, George Kittle is the main highlight, uh, especially with you know Marquise Goodwin still battling injury. Um, you know. Uh, Kittle, I think, is third in re- receiving yards per game by opposing running backs, or uh, by opposing tight ends, or by tight ends, excuse me. Um, and, and he's leading in yards per route run, uh, you know, 394 yards on the season, uh, and, and sort of just doing everything we wanted to do. And the the upside, you know, is there right now between big plays and you know, red zone viability. He's got a lot of opportunity. You know, Matt Breida, you know, had an MRI for his knee. Everything looks good to go there, but it's a Monday night game. So it's going to be tough to wait around for him to see if he actually plays. uh, Unless you also own Alfred Morris. Uh, And then even if you're an Alfred Morris owner, unless you own Matt Breida, you're not going to feel very confident in starting him unless he's out of the lineup. Um, so overall, like you want to start Kittle and really nobody else. Yeah. And the other thing too, you got uh, Marquise Goodwin is probably not going to be able to play again this week. It looks like at this point in time, unless something really drastically changes during the week. And the, the other guy that has been interesting since CJ Beathard has taken over though, uh, it's old Pierre Garcon. Uh, he's been targeted 19 times over the last uh, two weeks. But he just doesn't have it. It's like, you know, you're, you're getting 53 and 47 yards, uh, you know. So uh, and, and you also have um, uh, Pettis that's still out. So Trent Taylor is another guy that's getting uh, some of those targets. But, I mean, come on. You, you just you're not feeling comfortable about any of these guys. Yep, I agree. I like Morris if this team could if I felt like this team could get ahead and would need to uh, rely on the run game. I just don't feel like that's going to be the case in this one. Um, I could see the Green Bay getting some offensive um, prowess going and have some scoring, and then you're just going to be sitting there with 
Alfred Morris uh, getting you know, eight carries instead of uh, kind of trying to hold down and run the clock while they got a lead. I think I think Breed is out. Obviously, take a look at that. But everything I'm seeing right now, again, it's early in the week. Breed is um, maybe a maybe a, a tough cookie, but it, it seems like he might be out uh, this week to me. Uh, Houdini, give us a little uh, lowdown um, on Aaron Rodgers coming off a 440 plus yard three TD game. Um, I think I read that uh, it was his first time he's ever had over a hundred passing rating and lost to an NFC team in his career. Um, so I guess what's going on with the Green Bay Packers right now can't be put on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder. What do you got for us, Deeney? What he's foreseen uh, fantasy wise through his backfield, the wide receivers, broad, whatever in this Monday night matchup. Yeah, well, I mean, again, yeah, you're not blaming that game last week on Aaron Rodgers. You're blaming that game on Mason Crosby. Five field goals missed. That's 15 points. <laughs> Come on. Um, so the, the thing is, too, they, they had a lot of confusion out there, right? Because without Randall Cobb, without Geronimo Allison, you had uh, Equanimous St. Brown and Marquise Valdez-Scantling. Do they have, like, the two uh, young wide receivers with the longest names ever, for crying out loud? Um, but they, you know, Equanimous had uh, three catches for 89. Uh, Valdez-Scantling had uh, seven for 68 with a score. Uh, the running back situation is is kind of a little bit tricky right now because uh, they're not committing one way or the other. I mean, they split the carries between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. They basically did the exact same thing. They both had two catches for 19 yards, and neither one of them found the end zone. So um, it's a murky situation there right now. Uh, Jamal Williams was not able to do anything at all when Aaron Jones wasn't on the field. And even with Aaron Jones back, it's just it's mediocre numbers. Uh, Devonte Adams locked in. Uh, it's it, you know you, you're you're absolutely good to go there. Uh, Rogers is, is going to be targeting him highly, highly, highly. Uh, we finally and it took having Randall Cobb and uh, and Geronimo Allison out for Jimmy Graham to finally say, "Hey, look, I, I'm still a, a potential player in this league uh, with 76 yards, which he uh, the previous two weeks had 21 and 45 and had eight yards in the first week." Uh, but still, only one touchdown on the season, which came back in week four. So, you know, how much are you going to trust him? I think you have to up-trust him if uh, Cobb and Allison don't play again. But, um, you know, he's, he's he's been a frustrating guy at the tight end position as well because he should be performing a lot better. Well, sorry that I was interrupting you. Uh, but, yeah, he in that game, there were two plays where you were just like, Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy with the route that Jimmy Graham was running. And there were some misconnections and, you know, obviously I'm not going to just automatically think it's Jimmy's fault, but Jimmy could have easily had a hundred yard game this week. And hopefully as they're getting more time under uh, with one another and under each other's belt, they'll get uh, a better rapport going on right now. But I think you'd be um, safe to say that uh, Jimmy Graham drafters, thought that he was just going to fit right in and everything was going to be golden. And it's a little less than promising right now. I'm not hitting the panic button at all in the season. I think Jimmy Graham actually is going to be, still be a top dude uh, at the tight end position fantasy-wise. But right now, uh, even after that kind of solid game by Jimmy, it, there was many opportunities missed. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to talk about? 
uh, in this game, Aaron Jones, stag party. I mean, Houdini alluded to it a bit, but it looks like McCarthy's very happy with a, a committee in a game that I thought Aaron Jones started out delightfully and then just got zero game in the second half. Like, literally, I don't think he got a carry or a snap in the second half that I was watching. Maybe I'm wrong. Um but it just looked like, wow, all right, Jones got it in the first half, second half, good night. Um, are we staying away from all three of these guys, Montgomery, Jones, and um, Williams? Yeah, right now you have to stay away from them. They're, they're splitting work between all three of them, and it's just not good times all around, as you like to say. It's bad times. It's bad, bad, bad. Um, we really need to see more uh, from the run game. And, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers has clamored to see more and more of Aaron Jones, and they just don't want to give him the ball. Um, but uh, in this game, I do think there's an opportunity, for, you know, for the Packers to be up, you know, a good number of points. And then that gives him that late um, sort of, game clock killer aspect because he is their most explosive runner and they're going to need him here. Um, it, it just sucks. It, it, three guys does not a committee make the, the community is never good for fantasy. God, maybe honestly, maybe the Eagles should go after one of the running backs from green Bay or one of the running backs from the um, Browns. Yeah, I don't think Green Bay is willing to give it up yet, though. All right. Hey, guys, nice work. We just rocked through a bunch of uh, all these games, and it actually went about the same length as last week, so this is good. I like I like the pace we're going at. Um, holler to you, Houdini. Hope you're, uh, hope you're living it up there. And what, what do they call that, the uh, – not the four corners. You're you're over by Rockford, right? No, well, it, no, I'm not. Not the Quad Cities is what you're thinking about. Quad Cities. No, no, no. I'm uh, I'm out in the middle of the booties. But I'll tell you what. As soon as we uh, uh, conclude this podcast, I'm uh, I'm going to be calling a guy and trying to acquire Travis Kelsey. So, <laughs> give up? Oh, uh, it's uh, it's in my 14 team league. I have. My wide receivers are absolutely sick. So I have A.J. Green. I have Brandon Cooks. I have Kenny Galladay. I have Taylor Gabriel. I have Elshon Jeffrey. I have Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anunua. So what? you're going for a combo of two. I'm gonna, he's, he, this guy took over a team that was horrible that is looking to rebuild. So I'll, I'll look to give him, like, you know, two or three players for one. Make it happen, Deanie. Nice work. Uh, check out who he's um, – Pickups, waiver wire piece. We know a lot of you guys out there have waiver wire going on Tuesday night. The others that have Wednesday, whatnot, always a good uh, good little piece. Stag party, high five across the board to you on um, all the good stuff. We'll be getting our player rankings up on the site tomorrow as well as uh, targets, touches, and looks. Fellas, I'm going to bring my computer and get some stuff up because I can't – Ask people to get it out earlier, but I am going to um, Austin, Texas on Tuesday morning, and I'll be back uh, Monday afternoon. So we'll be in touch, Houdini, on the pickups piece. Um, I'll get I'll get you the graphic or whatever. 
Holler for a dollar. I'm going down to Austin City Limits. I was going to say, you're going to City Limits? Nice. I'm going with my, my all my best friends, and uh, we're going down there. I haven't been on – I talked to the Stags about this the other night, but I haven't been on an airplane this year yet. It's going to be my first top trip, like, somewhere other than Michigan. Nice. Enjoy. Fired up. Love you guys. Good stuff. Week six, quick fix. Stag party in the mix. Make sure you check out his Twitter account if you're not at Tyro Stag. Houdini in the mix, working in DeKalb. And uh, love you, buddy. Good to have you on. Enjoy the rest of that bottle. And um, I'm I'm rocking out some good times. Going to edit this thing. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys.